Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. I'm recording. Are you recording? I am now. L. Camino. L. L. Camino. Hey, guess who still hates a setup for right now? The front is like a car. The back is like, like a truck. The <laughs> front is where you drive. The back, back is, is where, where you... you. Mm, uh, mm. Uh. <laughs> Good times. Okay, mm-hmm. I got I got all my notes. I got all my web pages. You got your shawarma shirt. I got my shawarma. I'm shawarma up. I'm ready. I have, I have... I don't know if I've shown the people at home this one. You see it? Look. It's the devil in pink. This Jarvis. Oh! And way here at the bottom, it says it's a Howard Stark Pictures production. Of course. Of course. Oh. I like I like my fandom shirts obscure. That's obscure, unfortunately. Very few people will get this reference. Anyone who does is immediately my friend. Uh, or a listener to Marvelous Divas. That too. It won't be a Gilgamesh pie, and that's some good pie. Mm, Gilgamesh pie. <laughs> God, I love him. Can't mm. wait to talk about that movie, so I can talk about Gilgamesh for two hours. There might be other people in the movie, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean I, there are possible. plenty. I love, I love several of the other Eternals, um, and it's one of my favorite shot movies. I, I love. Oh, it's beautiful. It's visually yeah, it's stunning, beautiful. but it's it's not why we're here to today. No, no, no. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to talk about a movie. Well, the second half of a movie. The second half of a movie. <laughs> the second half of a sequel movie. <laughs> <laughs> so That's not confusing last, at all. It's the last quarter, really, yeah. of this story. That's right. where we're at. For now. That's where the game is won or lost, right there. It's true. In the in the final quarter, uh, as my husband would tell you. Oh, are you talking about sports ball? You know, it is sports ball season right now. And so oh my gosh. this is a lot of my life. Look, I used to uh, to fully disdain the sports ball, but then I married a, a sports ball fan. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've learned about the game. I've learned to appreciate a lot of the policies and the characters therein. Um, just because I want to be able to carry on a conversation with the man that I love uh, for several months out of the year. So that's just how that's going to be. And like, Re- that's that's on being married, y'all. I, 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 Rihanna's going to be at the Super Bowl. She sure enough is. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Okay. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about uh, before well, we... Well, we should probably just intro the show Intro first. the show? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and I am regretting my decision to kill Baby Groot right now. (laughs) And since I'm probably going to put that conversation in the post credits, this intro makes very little sense. Yeah, but yeah. you'll have to wait till the you'll have to wait till the end, right? Yeah. Uh, who am I? Right. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm that <laughs> I'm that gay and Hasselhoff sexual. <laughs> and Hasselhoff. <laughs> dude, I hassle the Huff. Uh, and Stephanie, hmm. the crabby puppy is so cute. He makes me want to die. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love her so much. I love Mantis so much. Oh my god. I realize, uh, because I, I I do from time to time go back and listen to stuff, and I do have to, you know, I listen to our episodes over again while I'm editing. Uh, we love a lot of characters so much. Like, there, there's not even a good, like, ranking system. We either love you or we're eh about you, but we just, that's just a... That's just something we say about a lot of characters. And you know fucking why? Because we love them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you want from me? I, Absolutely. They're fucking great. You know what also I love? Hmm. I love the fact that people are just totally embracing She-Hulk as a, a, a fully formed woman. And I love the fact that you don't have to make TikToks calling it out every, every fucking week now. Or every fucking day, basically. Well, here's the thing is I really don't. All I have to do is make a TikTok pointing out that the show already called them out. I love, and that's my favorite thing about that oh show. Oh my god, the it's writers like the pres- of She-Hulk the- are so fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so, I, I haven't even seen the latest episode yet, but I still know everything that happened, because y'all are a, awful. What? Look, don't you blame me. I'm not blaming you, okay? I'm saying the I put royal- spoiler warnings at the top of my videos before any of my content. I wait until, you know, a couple of days later before I start posting anything. Don't I'm not even put, start with me. No blame with you, none whatsoever, because I knew everything before I even saw your fir- your first Tiki Talk about it. So. And I didn't even send you a link for it, because I was like, Chris hasn't watched the episode yet. I'm not oh, going to send you a link. <laughs> TikTok said, fuck you with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still tried. I tried. It's not my fault, damn it. Nope, it's not. Anyway, uh, I fucking love She-Hulk. I can't wait... Uh, for like 10 years from now when we talk about it on the show. <laughs> so much content from now. It's so, there's so much. It is It is a bottomless podcast. This this podcast ends when we die. That's really dark. <laughs> By which I mean to say we will never run out of content. <laughs> I didn't mean to just like curse us and now it's a haunted podcast. Now that it's was a not haunt- my intention <laughs> at all. Play this clip at my funeral is what I'm saying. And if, but if you don't give me a Ravager funeral, don't don't even bother. For fucking real, don't I want a Ravager. I, I I just want like all the awesome Ravagers to show up. I want Sylvester Stallone and Michelle Yeoh and Bing Rames to set off fireworks over my burning body. That's oh, not Bing too Rames. much to ask. Yeah. I just want Bing Rames. Oh, right. Period. Yeah. Didn't he pass away? No! No? Okay, I'm thinking of somebody else. Don't you fucking do that to me. Make me Google shit now. Is Ving Rhames still alive? Damn you, Google. Why would you fill that out the rest of the way? Oh, no. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Ving Rhames dead 2022 actor killed by celebrity death hoax? What? Oh, that happens all the time. Okay, no. Ving Rhames is still alive and well. Okay. Are you, were you thinking of Michael Clark Duncan? Is that who I was thinking of? Well, let's is, find out. Wait, is he gone? God, I hate I hate these questions. Yes, he passed away in 2012. God damn it. Oh, I hate everything. You did this. I'm. We're getting old, so we're going to get have to get used to it. Pretty soon it's going to be like, who's still alive? You know? Shut up. I'm just like saying. I don't, I don't like it when you talk like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we actually have like a podcast we should be doing today. Um, do you have anything? I have a thing. Do you have anything to get into? I, I don't we... I don't have a thing. By which you mean you didn't like look at reviews or anything. Correct. Correct. Okay. I, I cool. well, we had we had no new reviews that I that I couldn't remember if I covered or not. Oh, on okay. Our Twitters and Instagrams. So. Okay. So here's my thing. Um, Uh-oh. 
So uh, we get y'all. Our our Patreon Discord is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, everybody in there is so fucking cool and smart, and they will share with us their insights and such on uh, on the material that we cover. And if you want to do that too, then by all means join our Patreon. Um, Five bucks a month. Patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast. Divas Podcast. There it is. <laughs> uh, but one of our patrons, uh, and I didn't ask if I could share their name, so I'm not going to yet. I'm going to start being better about asking about that. But you know who you are. One of our patrons posted uh, that they have a headcanon about the fact that Peter's spaceship and uh, and Ego's car when he was on Earth had the same paint job. Yeah. And that headcanon is... That that car might have been one of the few things that Ego left behind on Earth. So Peter may very well have grown up with that car, like, in the garage. God damn it. So that's why he painted his ship with the same colors as his dad's car. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, I know, right? Why, why is this so... Why are that's these so movies fucking so good. That's so yeah. fucking good. And just, oh... I love our patrons. I love our Discord. Yeah, That's really cool. But yeah, no, absolutely. I can totally see that because like speaking as I have a dad, but uh, he actually, he adopted me. Um, so my biological father passed away before I was born. Mm-hmm. And so I have a handful of things that were his, that were original dad's stuff. Um, and I, I treasure them and they're the most mundane, ridiculous items, but I absolutely treasure them. So I can totally see like little Peter at like 10 years old thinking someday he's going to maybe grow up to drive that car when he turns yeah. 16, uh, and stuff and like going out and then and seeing it in the, in the garage and stuff and just loving this car, getting abducted, yoinked into space. He finally gets a ship of his own. Obviously that's the paint job he's going to give it. That's awesome. I love that. So anyway, that's just to set us up on a nice, even emotional keel before we go into the second half of this movie. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? No, I'm not ready. It's Mary we're Poppins do it. time, Stephanie. Huh? It's Mary Poppins time. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Okay. So what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire... Entire? Entire? I'll come in again. The entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, which means that we started with um, Captain America, the first Avenger, and we've been, you know, gallivanting forward through time since then. And space. Uh, And space. Time and space. Uh, and, And various dimensions, honestly, if we're getting down to it. But today, we find ourselves in the second half. So if you're just picking us up today, go back to our previous episodes. You can get the first half of Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Do you have like an intro or previously on or anything you want to do? I, I, uh, I'm doing something a little bit different. Okay. Are, are you ready? I, yes. <clears throat> Getting down and dirty with a Procyon loader. Got no people skills, but he's good with motors. That weird thing by his sides, an infantized sequoia. The two of them walk by. Oh, no, People say, not. oh, boy Oh, my God. They ask me why I'm bringing a baby into battle. That's really irresponsible and getting them rattled. I say, mm. give me a break. Get off my back. Damn it. I didn't learn parenting. My daddy was a planet. Oh, my God. We are all Groot. We are all Groot. I hate you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you want to explain what that fuck we just heard? That is the... Uh, so, last episode, we talked about how they were trying to do things to not be Star Wars, right? Uh-huh. Well, they did the opposite with the credits. They gave a... Uh, if, if you can believe it, Stephanie, one of the biggest songs in the late 70s was the Star Wars disco remix theme. Oh, my God. It was a big deal. And apparently wow. there was a whole disco special that included... Uh, I, I, have you seen the pictures like Mark Hamill and gold and all that kind of stuff? And yes, that's where a lot of that came from. The aesthetic, oh, the aesthetic of the credits were inspired by that. And David Hasselhoff, in his classic David Hasselhoffness, who <laughs> is a recording artist, he is he a pop is. artist. He is still very successful too. Still very successful. He does dance music. He talks through them. Just like this, and this is the song he did at the very end, which I completely forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to know about that song? I have, some, yeah, sure. I have some trivia. Do it. The song itself is called Guardian's Inferno. Yep. And the lyrics are written by James Gunn and Tyler Bates. I love yeah. that. And it, it is performed by David Hasselhoff and the Sneepers. The Sneepers? Is that his band? The Sneepers. It's not his band. It is a band that was formed specifically for this project. The Sneepers is the name of the band because James Gunn wanted to include the Sneepers alien race from the Marvel comics in the movie. Wow. But the studio vetoed the idea. Would you like to know why? I don't even know what the Sneepers are, to be honest with you. Um, it's when you, um, like when Stakar was walking away from the Robo Brothel. Yeah. Uh, the lady who was begging him not to go to stay, she had like all the little dots on her face. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a Sneeper. Oh, okay. So eventually Marvel recanted and allowed him to use the Sneepers, uh, but not before they made David Hasselhoff and the Sneepers. Um, the Sneepers were initially not allowed to be in the movie because Sneeper, the word Sneeper, Sounds too similar to the Icelandic word for clitoris, snipurin. <laughs> or snipurin. I think it's snipurin. Yeah. Okay. Disney said there will be no clitoris aliens <laughs> in this movie. Not Thank in this you movie. Very much. <laughs> no clit aliens, please. Yeah. So there well, you go. They must have reneged on that one, too. <laughs> uh, what? We'll talk about that uh, in Star Wars, uh, our Star Wars podcast, much later. Oh, okay. That'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that's, that's the sneakers. That's the song that we will hear. I movie. love that. I love that. I love the music love of this movie so fucking mm-hmm. much. Uh, so where are we going to start? Uh, 700 Jumps? Uh, yeah, so when last we left our heroes, um, the a-holes had split the party down the middle. Uh, Peter and Gamora and Drax are visiting Ego on his planet, along with Ego's companion, servant, Mantis. Uh, meanwhile, Rocket, Baby Groot, Yondu, and Kraglin are making an inadvisable 700 jump trip across the galaxy to Ego's planet because um, maybe they need to be rescued. Boy, does that shit hurt. Yeah, because it's uh, not good for a mammalian body to do more than 50 jumps at a time, and they just did 700 at once. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So yeah, we left them getting their faces pulled apart like Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And now we're on Ego's planet. And it's a, it's a very different feeling. 
on Ego's Planet. Yeah, uh, Sam Cooke spreed it on home, so it's playing in the Oof. background. Oof, that song. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah, I added that to my uh, fuck playlist for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Star-Lord is admiring his kingdom, I put in my notes. Yeah. He's you know? definitely like Simba up on Pride Rock here. Mm-hmm. Like, all mm-hmm. of this is going to be mine someday. Um, and he's like, he's basking in the globe because he just found out that Ego is his dad. And that means that Ego is a god, which means that Peter's like half a god. So this is all very cool. And he's going to, he's going to inherit this whole fucking planet, I guess, which means you're inheriting your dad. It's a weird idea, Peter. <laughs> but anyway he's still grappling with the ability to understand things beyond a terrestrial level right his, his earthling roots but he's he's feeling good he's feeling the vibes and he's trying to get gamora to dance with him and look i don't like peter quill mm-hmm. but bring it on home to me by sam cook would convince me to dance with just about anybody yeah and it convinces gamora for a little while, and that, she's trying to get a call out to Rocket. She can't reach him. Yeah. And that's because he's in the middle of 700 jumps <laughs> right now. Currently being split across four, multiple dimensions. Jumping. Yeah, yeah. He can't yeah. really pick up the phone. He's he's busy reckoning with himself on a molecular level. Um, so he'll call you back. Um, and so they do. They start to dance. They do a little slow dance. Gamora gets into it. Mm-hmm. She's charmed by him. She's charmed by the the beauty of the surroundings and this fucking charming song. And then Peter kind of ruins it. Yeah. Uh, well, he says, Drax thinks you're on a dancer, which is a refer re- reference to in last episode. We were talking right. about, you know, Drax told a story about his wife not being a dancer. And I mm-hmm, love that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, he, and Drax pointed out there's two kinds of people. There's dancers and not dancers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Gamora, she's being sweet, too. She says she tells Peter, if you ever tell anyone about this, I'm going to kill you. Which is sweet for Gamora. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually flirting for Gamora, actually. It is. It is. Um, and then, yeah, Peter keeps bringing up this concept of a unspoken thing. Right. What are we going to do? When are we going to do something about this unspoken thing between us? And she's like, what are you talking about? You know, this sort of Sam and Diane cheers, will they, won't they thing. And like... Okay, back in the day, kids. I was about to say, so kids, back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) There was a sitcom called Cheers on which uh, Michael from The Good Place Mm -hmm. owns a bar. And then there's this like stuffy, fussy woman who's nothing like him who comes in and like they play this whole will they, won't they, will they, won't they get together thing forever. Forever. And that was on in the 80s, kids, so that's why that's the frame of reference Peter has for the will-they-won't-they they unspoken thing going on between him and Gamora. Aren't jokes better when they're explained in excruciating detail? <laughs> anyway, uh, Gamora kind of snaps out of the charm of the moment. And she's like, oop, oop, alarm, alarm, emotional connection. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. And she backs away from him. And I actually really dig this about them. This sort of inversion of the usual gender gender roles. The guy like the this. guy trying to be all sweet and romantic and the woman going, hey, pay yeah, attention. Get, get your feelings off of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love I, I do love that. That's really, really cool. Uh, but Gamora is also like, OK, you're not going distra- to distract me from the fact that something is wrong with this planet. Yeah, that, something's wrong. That here. creepy ass mantis chick was trying to tell Drax something, and then I came uh-huh. along. He shut and she shut the hell up. There's something going on. My spidey senses are tingling. Right, and Peter's like, "Why are you trying to take this away from me?" Yeah, 
And I'm like, Peter, you just killed any lady boner she might have had for you. Like, that's going to take some time to come back up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't start acting like an entitled jackass right now. That was the most obnoxious line. Why are you trying to take this away from me? Nobody's trying to take shit away from me. You're the reason why I'm here. You're the reason why I'm here. Exactly. He's like, you told me to come here. What the fuck? And like, this, this whole conversation is like, Peter Quill absolutely can charm a woman out of her pants. But then he can open his mouth and charm her right back into him again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, mean, he, can, congratulations. he can get, get one-night stands. But as, in terms of a long-term relationship type arrangement, no, not so much. Because no. he is eventually going to talk, to your point. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just not a good tactic for him. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Anyway, he's like, blah, blah, blah. Don't talk shit about ego. That's my dad. He's my blood. Uh, I'm going to stay here. And Gamora's like, you have blood on Earth and you've never been back. Snap. Right? And he's like, but Earth is where my mom died right in front of me. I have trauma, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, no. Earth is reality. This planet here is a fantasy. Yeah. And then Peter's like, you're just jealous because I'm a half a god and you like it when I'm weak. That sucked. Yeah. He's He's fighting dirty. Here's the thing. Uh, A big part of growing up is learning how to fight fair. Mm Mm-hmm. Learning how not to fight just as dirty as you possibly can. Gamora is trying to have a slightly more fair conversation than he is. She's dealing in facts. He's dealing in, you don't even, this isn't even cheers at all. This is, this is the, this is a show where people are jerks and you're a jerk. And this isn't, this isn't like cheers. And Gamora finally goes, I don't know what cheers is. Just like 90% of the people watching the damn movie. <laughs> Just like 90% of the people listening to this podcast. I did check, though, y'all. You can watch Cheers on, on Hulu if you really want to. It's so funny, you guys. It is actually cute. Um, it is cute. I, I don't, I don't know how well it holds up. Yeah, it, it didn't for me. Mm-hmm. I watched a few episodes just because. Um, Woody Harrelson's in it. Carnage. Carnage is in it. Anyway, so... Anyway, so here's the thing. Uh, they finally end this with... With Peter being like, I finally found my family. Don't you understand that? And Gamora says, I thought you already had. Ooh. Ouch. Ooh, nobody's fighting fair now. Anyway, she's like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere. I can't see your stupid face. I'm yeah. going to go out and try and get a signal to call Rocket. Okay, fine. Yeah. She leaves. She gets then the what? hell out. And, you know, she's sitting in a field by herself. Nothing happens to her whatsoever. Nothing at all. Except... A fucking ship goes right towards her. Oh my and, god! Oh my god! I forgot about this scene so hard. So I was like, "Why? How long does they get? They stay on this scene for a bit. Like she is sitting there by herself. She cuts a flower with her sword because it was making an irritating noise, like right and, next to her. And I was like, "Girl, thank you," because I was listening to shit on my headphones. Right? And, yeah. And then, like when she does, like the the you know the force user, I sense something wrong. Mm-hmm. face i'm like oh yeah i forgot that nebula just goes all in just like, fucking dive bombs her yeah she is legit trying to kill gamora yeah you don't uh, shoot a person on the ground with your with your ship to ship guns without trying to kill them and you know nebula is not being logical uh gamora runs into a cave uh nebula in the ship follows in her. the ship yeah um kind of intense uh yeah. that doesn't quite work out for nebula do you think nebula is mad i think she might have some feelings <laughs> some capital f feelings about this 
<laughs> Wrecks the shit out of her ship. Yeah. I don't know what her exit strategy off this planet was. I don't think she's thinking strategy at this point. I, I think she's thinking I need to beat my sister. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so uh, uh, Nebula's ship crashes. One of the turrets uh, falls off the ship. Uh-huh. And Gamora does the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> she she picks up the turret, which is way too big for her. It's but... like five times her size. Just in case we need a fresh reminder that she has extensive body modification. Uh, yeah, and she is strong as fuck. So yeah. she picks the shit up, hardwires it, and starts blasting a Nebula's ship with it. And uh, Nebula is trapped in the ship. Uh, the ship crashes through the first layer of the planet. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Nebula is trapped, and Gamora decides, hey, I'm going to stop uh, shooting at her and try to protect, or try to save her, because Nebula is stuck. Right. Well, here's the thing. These two were raised together. Mm-hmm. They know each other so well. They absolutely knew that everything up to this point, I mean, yes, Nebula was legit trying to kill Gamora, but she also was pretty fucking sure Gamora was going to have a way to survive it. Yeah. And Gamora damn well knew that Nebula, with all of her extensive cyber modification, was probably not going to be too terribly hurt by her using a turret as a shoulder-mounted cannon and firing it until her ship falls down like a hundred feet into the bowels of the planet. Yeah, I had to imagine that their, uh, quote, training fights that they had in front of Thanos were probably equally bad. Exactly, like on this level. This is sparring for them. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. So, yes, now Nebula is not emerging from the flaming wreckage, and so Gamora's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I should probably... All right, let's tap this out. We're done here. Let's go ahead. Yeah, so Gamora helps her out and gets her just in time. Then the whole ship explodes, and they both go flying. Gamora is hurt. Nebula can heal herself, and I don't... By the way, she does that. She does that broken down marionette repairing self thing. Hate it. I hate it. Uh, I have in my notes here their relationship is complicated. (laughs) Because right after that, they have more fighting. Uh, Nebula gets Gamora by the throat, has a knife in her hand, could totally just plant it in Gamora's eye and end it, and doesn't. And just a quick reminder: these two women are doing this shit themselves. They're uh, they. Oh yeah. Right? So yeah. they're beating the shit out of each other for real. Yeah. Uh, Zoe and Saldana and, and Karen Gillan are doing the stunts themselves for this I love movie. that. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Nebula <laughs> Nebula doesn't finish her off. And mm-hmm. she just says, I win. <laughs> <laughs> but then they argue about it like sisters. Like, you know, you didn't win. I won. I saved no, you. Uh-uh. No uh, exactly. Back and forth. Uh, and uh, Nebula's like, you're a fucking psycho for always trying to win. You never didn't try to win. Yeah. Uh, and and she says, you were the one who wanted to win, and I just wanted a sister. Aww. Yeah. And my because, heart was crushed. Yeah, because gentle reminder, uh, every time Nebula lost to Gamora when they were children, Thanos would take a piece of her off and replace it with machine parts. That's such a healthy fatherly thing to do yeah and like you can tell by the look on gamora's face that she didn't super realize that's what was happening like she's she's horrified yeah and i find that hard i I don't know i kind of found it hard to believe that gamora didn't know but i don't know i mean we we weren't there we don't know how shit went down but but we've been children in complicated households oh yeah oh absolutely you don't always know exactly what you're just focused on on keeping your own ass out of out of the fire Sometimes. 
Um, you know what? That was uh, that's a very true statement because uh, I have you know sort of family members that have absolutely zero idea what my experience was. Right. They were just focusing on getting the hell out and surviving, mm-hmm. and they just have absolutely, and it, they certainly have no context over what my what our younger siblings went through too. So right, I, that that makes sense. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, so we and that's that's such a here's the thing is James Gunn is definitely telling that story. Yeah. We'll we'll see it later. They're going to have another conversation later. That is definitely the the story of of children, two children of an abusive parent, is the story that's being told here. James Gunn, the guy who's bringing us the story of the the giant man with the sensitive nipples and the talking raccoon and the baby anthropomorphic twig, is also bringing us that story. That is intentional. We are not headcanoning that. That's happening. Yeah, that's correct. This is a really complicated story in a very strange wacky packaging and i fucking love it <laughs> so we cut to peter he's lounging listening to his walkman and he's listening to brandy you're a fine girl by looking glass we've heard this before we have mm. and as if he's been summoned by the song ego wanders in mm. and they bond over that song being uh peter's mom's favorite song and ego even recites most of the lyrics of the song. Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. My life, my love, my lady is the sea. Now, Stephanie, hmm? my heaven, if I make it there, <laughs> is Kurt Russell reciting song lyrics to me while I'm sitting, right. le- when I'm spread out on a couch, just like listening to him. That's, <laughs> like that's, spoken word poetry by Kurt I, I, I'm I'm here for that. That was oh hot. My God. That He's was got hot. an amazing voice. He's just right? it's so it's so smooth and just oh it's so good. Mm. And so he but he in reciting the lyrics of the song, he's sort of telling telling Peter a little parable about how he and Peter are the sailor in that song, bringing gifts from far away uh to to Meredith back on Earth, or to the girl. He never refers to Kimura by her name. Never. Or any of his friends, I think. You know what? You're right. Mm. Because why bother getting to know their names? As far as he's concerned, they're going to be dead in five minutes because yeah. he's immortal. What so, was that thing that Mana said in the, in the first half of the movie? Why would why would an animal invite an ant to their body? A flea. A or flea, flea to yeah. live on their back. Yeah. yeah. They're fleas to him. Mm-hmm. Why is he going to learn the names of his fleas? Yeah. Peter's the only one whose name he gives a shit about. Oh, he did call Drax by his name once when they were talking about penis. But that's it. <laughs> it's true. Are you okay? You disappeared on me there for a second. You okay? Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, penis? Oh, yeah, penis size. Oh, my God, that question again. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, oh, fucking Drax. Um, yeah, so... Ego is, like, seducing Star-Lord almost. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is where you start to see, like, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was all this, Ego had all this color earlier in the movie. Just his cheeks were flushed out, his outfit had colorful. When he starts to reveal his true intentions, I noticed that the coloration on his skin and on his outfit and stuff started to slowly fade away until he's completely gray by the end of the movie. Ooh, you're super right about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it starts here. Yeah. Here's where he starts to get washed out a little bit. Because um, as he's telling Peter, like, we're actually better than them. We're the ones who have, you know, my life, my love, and my lady is the sea. 
Yeah. And the C is, you know, this whole being a god thing that we've got going on. And that's, that's, it's, you know, they're wonderful and we love them. And he, and he's being very charming. This is all very egotistical. Ha ha. Ha ha. Pun intended. <laughs> Get it? Because he's ego? Ego, right, right. Yeah. Well, and he says the line, only we can remake the universe, Peter. And I'm like, that is totally a join me uh, oh, moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only we can take the bridle of the cosmos and lead it to where it needs to go. What does uh-huh. he mean? Yeah. And the thing is, is Peter's actually kind of really excited about this because yeah. he, he's he's going to have the power of creation like his dad. And he says, I'm going to make some weird shit. And yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm going to build a giant skeleton and a Pac-Man. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, Ego's like, I got something to show you, Peter, and starts walking him away. And we see that Mantis was eavesdropping on all of this, and she looks like she's just fucking panicking. Yeah, yeah. So Mantis runs to wake up Drax. (laughs) I love this thing so much. (laughs) And Drax wakes up to Mantis over him, trying to wake him up. And he says, look... You're great, but I like a woman with some meat on her bones. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she keeps like, no, Drax, I'm trying to tell you this thing. You need to wake up. And, need to... and he's like, look, I tried to let you down easy by telling you I found you disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I, if that's letting you down easy, uh, what is the harsh version? Here's the thing. Even while he's like starting to gag in his mouth a little at the thought of being with Mantis physically we kind of have to celebrate drax and his radical honesty yeah i do i I, and and i do and i do in my research for this uh for this movie i actually i found an article that was um written by um an autistic person who said that uh drax is their favorite marvel character because drax is strongly neurodivergent coded oh absolutely And he's, but even though he has trouble with social cues and he doesn't understand metaphor and he has sensory issues with his nipples and, um, and he's not good with nuance or, or, uh, or tact or any of that, he will just tell people what he's thinking. He's also this magnificent hero and warrior and he has a heart the size of all outdoors and just absolutely loves his friends and, and all of these things. Like Drax is still a fucking hero. Yeah. And, and and he is and he is coded as neurodivergent. And Dave Batista actually uh um this wasn't related to the Guardians of the Galaxy promotion. It was something uh, uh, way way before he was even an actor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when he was a wrestler and he was doing a lot of the Make-A-Wish type of stuff. Uh-huh. Um he talked about how he really understood people with you know autism and other neurodivergent type conditions mm-hmm. because one of the head producers of one of the wrestling shows they produce every Monday is autistic oh. and you had to deal with this and this person wielded a fuck ton of power and Dave Batista had to learn how to communicate with people like that so he's had a lot of really good examples of this so he was it's like he was destined to play Drax that's amazing and yeah. I, and I really feel like it comes through because he's not playing Drax as anything other than a fully a, a fully realized person yeah. who just is the way he is and he's yeah. awesome i love him um anyway so mantis is like uh ego got exactly what he wanted i should have told you sooner you are in danger what Cut to Nebula and Gamora deep in the bowels of the planet have found a mysterious glowing cave. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it, uh, 
because they're they're subterranean now. So yeah, and this planet is very hollow <laughs> compared to yeah. your average planet. So they start walking towards like a mysterious section of the cave. Then we cut back to Ego and Peter. And this is what I'm starting to recognize as a James Gunn style. Everything is happening at once. Yeah, everything's happening at once. Um, it's very, I was, I was like, holy Agent Carter, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, this is just how we know that shit's about to get real. Yeah. Uh, so Ego and Peter. Ego is telling Peter that he needs to adjust how he thinks hmm. about everything because everything but us is temporary hmm. including the girl uh-oh yeah warning 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 yeah. whoop, whoop. cautions no peter doesn't have any sense that he should be cautious here uh and ego takes him back through the museum to himself with all the eggs that have like the moving mannequins inside which isn't creepy at all it's super fucking creepy yeah uh and he tells him you know i had this i had this urge to seek out life and Peter's looking up at this museum display and and he's his face is just so hopeful and so awestruck and just so like loving this cool lecture by his dad and he goes like urge to seek out life but it was all so disappointing what uh oh uh-huh. we have turned right uh oh <laughs> this conversation is definitely taking a turn mm-hmm. he says he did find meaning and then he taps Peter on the forehead. And Peter's eyes go all galaxy. Yeah. And he says he can see eternity. Those that's, are some good drugs. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> I think that's healthy and a helpful turn of events. Yeah. Uh, and Gamora and Nebula find something wonderful, glorious, and fantastic at the end yeah, of the cave. It's like, yeah, it's like a sweet little cave full of, of sunshine and, and unicorns. <laughs> Hundred, and rainbows no. and hugs. It's a pile of fucking bones. It's hundreds, bones! Hundreds and hundreds of bodies of bones. All so, different kinds of skulls and bones in there. Like, this is some of them are human, a lot of them are not. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and Nebula is all of us when she says, we need to get off this planet. <laughs> yeah, no, this is full on creepified now. I don't so, like it, I don't like it. So I have a question. Yes. Ego has an egg that can fly. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and he can make his planet. Why did he leave a pile of bones? Is he just not good about throwing stuff away? Is he a hoarder? Um, I think this is the ego of him, the hubris. Uh, he, maybe he wanted to keep them around as like, you know, a reminder of, of past failures, or maybe he just didn't think it mattered. Wow. And he he certainly never thought anybody who could do anything about it would find them. Facts. So he just kind of threw... It, they look like they were all just kind of thrown down a hole. Like he... Even though this whole planet is his body, he just threw these bones in the trash. This is a trash hole. <laughs> Which hole is your trash hole, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! knew it i failed my will saving throw i'm sorry um <laughs> anybody else here and roll that one i heard it i yeah that that was that was what that was okay so uh yeah so they're in danger we're screwed and speaking of being in danger and screwed uh-huh. uh rocket and yondu are flying through the universe they are still jumping and getting and- their faces all stretched out like putty and again i totally forgot about this scene they fly uh-huh. over a lone moon 
where mm-hmm. we get our, for this film, our Stan Lee cameo. Ding! Now, I read a whole thing about this particular cameo in general, including oh, yeah? a more recent uh, interview by Kevin Feige. This oh, scene, do tell. This scene represents the official introduction of the multiverse. Oh, because Stan that, those Lee, are watchers, yeah. Yeah, those are watchers. And also, Stan Lee is in the middle of a story about how in one dimension he was one person. And then he was a, po- he, I think he said I was, he was a, a, a postal man or something like that. He was a FedEx man. FedEx man. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. Now, would you like to know about the Watchers? Um, I would. Can you hold that thought though? Boomer would also like Boomer to Boomer would about also the like to know about the Watchers. Right. I, I sensed this. Boomer. Hello. Welcome. 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 Okay. You were going to tell me about the Watchers. Yes, the Watchers are a fictional race of extraterrestrials that made they have their debut. Big heads! With giant heads. They made their <laughs> official debut in Fantastic Four number 13 of April 1963. They were created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. We will see one of the key members of the Watchers mm-hmm. uh, in Marvel What If? Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Voiced by Jeffrey Wright. Yes, he was. So, uh, so it was a hell of a reference to include them in this movie. Yeah, they are they are deep Marvel lore characters. So, James Gunn, you are a fucking nerd. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, you know, you now you say that was a recent interview with Kevin Feige saying this yeah. was the introduction of the multiverse. Um. That's not why they made the scene the way they did. I'm that sure, is a, I, that I'm is sure. retroactive context that Kevin Feige has placed on that scene. I am sure. I am sure. Because I got information about the time they at, at the time that they were making it. Oh. So at the time, I don't know if you cast your mind back to 2017 when this movie okay. came out. There was a a wild running fan theory that all of Stanley's cameos in these movies were actually all the same guy. Yeah. Which would mean if he's showing up and looking the same in all of these movies, that means that he's actually one of the watchers. Oh. So Stan Lee is credited in this movie, in the credits, as watcher informant. I love that. So, yeah, he's he's appearing here as a guy in an Earth astronaut suit sitting on a, on a rock in space talking to three watchers, right? And he's telling them about the time that he was a FedEx delivery man. Now, this movie came out in... 2017. 2017. The only time that Stan Lee has been a FedEx delivery man in the MCU was at the end of Captain America Civil War in 2016. Right. Which is fine if these movies were being released in chronological order. They're not. Right. James Gunn. I found an interview with James Gunn where he admitted out loud with his own face... That he forgot his movie was set in 2014. Oh. So you just have to sort of decide to believe that Stanley the Watcher had posed as a FedEx delivery guy at some other point in his long, long watching career. That's funny. And he's he's not specifically talking about the Tony Stank moment at the end of Civil War. I'm I'm a little Tony Stank. I'm a little I'm a little surprised that the Marvel Story Committee, whatever it's called, like let this go or let this happen. 
But I think maybe because it's, you know, it's a Stan Lee scene, they're going to let it go. Yeah, it's a Stan Lee moment. And also, yeah. it's just the cameo. Like, they're not, I guarantee you, they're not thinking of, like, the grander lore implications no, of a Stan Lee no. moment. This just became a grander lore thing because of the fan theory yeah. that inspired James Gunn to make fun of that and to basically bait the fan theorists with and, this and, scene. Yeah, and this reinforces the fact that Marvel Studios does not plan things out as elaborately as people think they do. Oh, yeah, no. A lot of this shit's by accident. Yep. yep. Happy accidents. Happy accidents. Accidents that get folded into the lore later, but yeah. yeah. And that's like the just fact, fine with me. Yeah, like the fact that um, you know Laura Haddock, who plays Meredith Quill, was also the girl who ran up to Captain America and asked for his autograph when he was on the USO tour. Yep. In 1943. Yeah, it's like your granddaughter, grandmother, grandmother. Sure. Grandmother, sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Why not? Anyway, uh, so they, they're doing all the jumps and they jump right over that whole scene with Stanley, which is awesome. Uh, and I love that it brings the watchers in. That's fucking cool. Uh, but then they finally jump out of space to orbit around Ego's planet and there's literally a screeching brake sound (laughs) when they hit space. What? Well, yeah, when the ship stops, you hit the brakes. Come on. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, so now we have a little scene with Yondu and Rocket. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, um, Groot did the most disgusting and oh. cute thing ever. <laughs> he just like, he has like, like, I remember seeing it in the theater. It's like, oh, Groot looks so cute with that smiley face. Oh, my God, he's vomiting. Yeah. And it's like this gross greenish vomit s- stuff. And Yeah. Look, James. whoever's in charge of animating Baby Groot has a baby in their life. Uh, absolutely. That was gross. I didn't need to see that. Thank you very much. That is James 100% Gunn. how it is. You'll be looking at your baby sitting there being so cute and they look up at you and smile and they're just in that moment and like you're connecting. You're like, oh, this, this is the reason for my existence. Blech! And they'll just vomit <laughs> all of a sudden, all over everything. And you're like, oh, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Perspective. Got it, got it, got it. It was exactly like that. So it's very accurately animated. Groot is a baby. So anyway, everybody's picking themselves up off the floor, recovering yeah. from from the jumping. And, <laughs> and Yondu's like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? And Rocket's like, you made it sound like this ego guy was really bad. So I wanted to get here as fast as we could to save Quill. And Yondu's like, why? What? For for love? Mm. For honor? And Rocket's like, no, better than that. <laughs> I want to prove that I'm better than Quill so I can lord it over him forever. And Yandu does not buy that shit he's for a second. He's not buying it. Mm-mm. Nope. Yandu is, first of all, he's not buying his bullshit. And he's reading, he starts reading Rocket the Filth. Mm-hmm. And Yandu's like, I know exactly who you are. Rocket's like, you don't know shit about me. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And Yandu basically explains how, starts going through a list and how they're very similar. Yeah. I know them scientists what made you never gave a rat's ass about you. I'm serious, dude. Just like my own damn parents who sold me. Go, little baby, into slavery. And after this whole brutal speech that is cutting Rocket deep, uh, Yandu says, I know who you are, boy, because you're me. Ugh. And I, my heart breaks. Ugh. And so does Rocket's, by the way. And Rocket's like, well, what kind of pair are we? And Yandu says, the kind that's about to go fight a planet, I reckon. And Rocket's like, "Uh wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Because he doesn't know. He doesn't know. 
Yeah, nobody's really briefed Rocket on the nature of ego. I imagine he's going to figure that out pretty quickly. Um, but I love that that they find that that kinship between them, mm-hmm. between Yondu and Rocket. Um, and Yondu's Yondu's look, he's going through a lot of like introspection. Yeah, you can see there's been a lot going on, and then he, you know, running into Stakar back on Contraxia and everything like. Yondu's, Yondu's thinking big thoughts about his own feelings, and he's he's being honest with people now. Yeah, and, and that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Really, what it is is really endearing. Yeah, and I thought I loved him before, but like, give me insightful, in touch with his emotions, Yondu, who is also still the Yondu of it all. God damn! <laughs> I didn't. I you know, and it's so interesting to me watching this Yondu versus the first like, volume one. Yondu. Right. Yeah. You can see echoes of you can see this coming, right? Mm-hmm. But like it's it's just so in, like the the character arc of him is so good and so interesting and I uh hats and, off to James Gunn for doing this. And Michael Rooker for his acting. Yeah. Absolutely. Because Michael Rooker is able to and that's the thing is when you cast character actors in in major roles like this cuz he's he's been a that guy forever, right? Oh yeah. Um but you know, you cast him in a in a in a lead role like this, and Yondu's a lead. This is an ensemble cast, and he's at the top of the bill along with everybody else. Um, they, he's able to to bring this kind of this nuance and this texture, and and Michael Rooker's specialty has always been that super rough exterior, that almost scary mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But if you can pull that off, and you can also pull off like the heartfelt. Holy shit. And he can. He's just, it's, he's doing an amazing job. I fucking love Michael Rooker. And not just because he's hot. I know, right? But he is, he's hot. That's, that's <laughs> also, but look, these things can be true at the same time. Absolutely. They usually are. Meanwhile, Gamora's choking Mantis. What? Yeah, she just storms into the room where, where Mantis and Drax are talking, grabs Mantis by the throat, slams her up against the wall. Yeah. Which, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, please. Are we, is there a line? And she's an assassin, not an interrogator. Are we, are we queuing up to the right? No. <laughs> 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 Try to stay focused. This is all very serious. Uh, she has so, strong yeah. hands. Very yeah, strong. She's very, yeah. <clears throat> she's got Nebula with her, by the way. Yeah. Which is, which is like, what? Drax is like, uh-huh. uh, anyway. Slams Mantis into the wall, demands to know who the hell are the bodies down in the caverns. And Mantis says they are his children. What? Oh, no. First. Oh, right. First, Mantis's little antennae glow because because she's Gamora's touching her now. Yeah. Touching her throat. And Mantis goes, you are scared. And Gamora instantly drops her. Because I think Mantis enhances the fear just a little bit, just to get her away. Perhaps. Uh, Gamora didn't like it. No. Didn't like it at all. How dare she, you know exactly how I feel? And I was like, Sincerely hmm. freaked out about it. And then we Kinda cut like away Stephanie. from- Shut up. <laughs> and then we cut away from that to Ego doing a full-on villain plot dump to Peter. Monologue time. Oh, it's a monologue. But here's the thing. This monologue isn't a straight monologue. It keeps getting interrupted by cuts to other people. I know. Who are plotting against him while he's monologuing. So is this like a reverse heist? Sort, sort it's like situation? it's like a heist in disguise. 
Because like remember, remember the heist principle per our friend Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze. Um, if you are describing the heist while interspersing it with clips from the heist, the heist will be successful. Think Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. 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 But if you describe the heist in its entirety first and then try to pull off the heist, the heist will fail. So there's shades of that to this because we're getting the villain's whole plot revealed to us while, like, Peter's getting the villain's whole plot revealed to him while Gamora and Nebula and Drax are getting the villain's whole plot revealed and they're plotting to thwart the plot that is being revealed to Peter at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like the heist being shown with the plan being shown at the same time. So does that mean that they'll win? I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. that's a good, that's, hmm, that's interesting. It's, this is really intricate storytelling in a film to to be done in the stupid movie with, with Drax <laughs> pretending to vomit because an objectively beautiful woman is on top of him while he's sleeping. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we, I, we talked about Drax's turds earlier in this movie. We did. And his nipples. And his nipples. Not in the same context, though, to be clear. No, uh, it, yeah, yeah, we need to clarify that. Whoa. You okay. Whoa. Anyway, so what is, uh, what's Ego's uh, villain plot dump monologue moment? What's he got to say? Well, it's, it's, it's perfectly harmless if you think about it. He has planted extensions of himself. We, ta- we saw the flower at the very, very beginning of the movie. Behind, behind the, the Dairy, Dairy Queen. Queen back in Missouri. Yeah. And all they're going to do is grow and spread and then take over the entire universe. That's yeah, it. he calls it he calls it the expansion. Like uh okay, is this like, like a franchise like it's a corporate type of maneuver. thing? Yeah. yeah. So only one problem though, he is hmm. even though he's powerful, even though he's right. a celestial, he kind of needs something extra. And so he in addition to planting uh flowers all over the place, he also planted seed. Ha! Ah! See? See, see uh, uh, well, he he didn't have enough power to do it on his own. One celestial right. wouldn't, but two might. Right then is when we cut back to Mantis telling Gamora that all the bodies that they found down in the cave were Ego's other children. They didn't work out. Yo! So we cut back to Ego showing Peter all those weird, like, animated, like, Gross mannequins I, inside yeah. the egg of him... Making out, and if you pause during this, you can see some really, really interesting ways. Wacky looking things. Well, not just wacky looking aliens that he's making out with, but wacky looking ways to make out with those aliens. (laughs) Because he's still Kurt Russell shaped in all of those scenarios. Yeah, and I've got to believe that Ego took the form of said alien instead of Not according to what he's showing Peter. No. um, No. I, I'd like to think that he's trying to not freak out Peter too much, but that's still... No, like, because look, Peter, Peter's peter been boned down with some, some aliens of different configurations oh, that's true. That's before. True. Maybe, maybe that's genetic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, fuck. Uh, where are we? Oh yeah, so he made, he made just tons of babies. Just tons of them out there. And we find out he paid Yondu to deliver them to him. On the regular. Yeah. And he paid him well. Yondu did this multiple times. Yeah, he paid him well enough to convince Yondu to break the Ravager code by trafficking children. Hmm. But he told Yondu 
just to, to help Yondu's conscience a little bit, told Yondu that he would never hurt the kids. And he says... Man, that was true. I mean, they never felt the thing. Ugh. Um... Okay, Kurt Russell, you're freaking me out right now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn yeah. It. Oh. But of all of Ego's spawn, <laughs> Peter was the only one to carry the connection to the light at the heart of Ego's planet. Wow. Okay. So, cutting back to Gamora and the crew, this is where they start plotting out the heist part, right? Yeah. Gamora's like, we need to get Peter and get the fuck out of here. And Mantis is like, no, it's too late. Ego has this thing he does where he wins people over to what he wants them to do. So you you gotta, no, you just can't. And Gamora's like, I don't give a fuck, he's our friend. And Nebula's like, all any of you do is yell at each other. You are not friends. Uh, and Drax corrects her, we're family. Oh, we're not friends, we're family. We leave no one behind. Except maybe you. <laughs> he says to Nebula. <laughs> and Nebula's, well, Nebula's answer was, oh my god. Like, I, lo- yeah. I, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, well, again, the radical honesty of Drax. You always know where you stand with him. Yeah, exactly. But is Ego done monologuing? No, absolutely no. not. Um, so Peter has a look on his face, and Ego's like... Well, because remember, Peter's still all galaxy eyes, yeah. right? Yeah. He's like, what is it, son? Mm-hmm. And Star-Lord asks about his mom. And, you know, Ego explains that he went back to Earth three times. If he mm-hmm. went back a fourth time, he wouldn't have left. Because he truly he truly loved Meredith Quill. He really did. He really did. And, you know, he goes to the he goes to this whole thing about how much he did love her, but he did what he had to do. It broke my heart to put that tumor in her head. What? <gasps> Which Yo. by the way, Ego, you're a fucking moron. If you seriously well, I mean, I know, he's egotistical, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And that obviously sets Star-Lord off. But Whoops. hold up, hold up. So Ego presents that he did this because he knew if he went back and he he would live out the rest of his immortal days with Meredith Quill and he would never do his expansion, right? And that's yeah. his whole purpose. It's his whole thing. How did you feel the first time you heard him say, it broke my heart to put that tumor in her head? I hate it. Oh my god, I did not see it coming. Like, I knew he was the bad guy, but I didn't think he was give woman cancer bad guy. I thought, I thought maybe because of her exposure to him that, yeah, that like gave maybe her the it cancer. was, yeah, like it was, it was just no, it was incidental. Yeah. No, it was intentional. Yeah. And he fucking killed her. Like, he let her die in one of the worst ways possible. Yeah. And poor Peter had to watch that. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't, think about that or give a fuck didn't give a fuck at all at all fucking wow dude ego and so in that moment they do this really cool trick sometimes in film where the the camera stays steady on the actor but it looks like the background like wildly telescopes in or out yeah and the way they usually pull that off is by zooming the camera in while backing it up really fast Away from the actor. Right. Like, if you time that right, then the background changes, but the actor doesn't. And that moment happens with Peter while his eyes clear up. And honestly, I think this might be the finest moment of Chris Pratt's acting career. I agree. The moment where he goes, the moment where he looks at Ego, the man who just confessed to killing his mother, and goes, What? (laughs) Who chills? Chris Pratt doesn't give me chills. What the fuck is this? No. 
Yeah, so uh, Quill goes ahead and busts out his guns and starts fucking firing, because that's what he does. No more conversation. We're just going to start shooting. Put a pen in this for later. This is just how Star-Lord operates. We're not doing a lot of thinking ahead. Nope. Nope. No, we're just emotional impulsivity. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, Ego is temporarily disintegrated and rebuilds himself very quickly. Yeah, he's got a light skeleton. I don't like that. On the inside? It's gross. Well, it's not really a skeleton. It's his nervous system. Have you ever seen like the human nervous system laid out? Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. Like the brain is like this weird jellyfish with all these really, really long, super fine tentacles that go out throughout the body, (laughs) right? And that is, you know, Peter's shooting him, shooting him, shooting him, pew, 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 pew. It's blowing away chunks of flesh. So all that's left is the light of his nervous system. That's cool. Standing there. And it's Yeah. And you know what? Ego's pissed. How dare you? How dare you shoot me? Who do you think you are? I tried to find the best form to suit you, and he turns into who? David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. What? And that is, in fact, David Hasselhoff. It's actually him. Now, uh, Sir David Hasselhoff, I, I have a message for you. He's not Sir David Hasselhoff. To be clear, he's not knighted. Oh no, he's not officially knighted. I'm just, I'm just trying to be respectful a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm going to say something very real. Oh no! And I don't know if you've seen pictures of him lately. No, I have not. No more Botox. Just stop. <sighs> stop, David. Look, you're, he's a, been, you're a handsome man. He's been through. He's been through a lot. Like a yeah. lot, a lot. Um, he's had some serious ups and some serious downs. He has. And, and at this point, we just don't hassle the Hoff. You just, I just think, leave him be. I just think, I, I'm concerned for his safety and his lack of facial expressions. <laughs> so, yes, that is the actual David Hasselhoff. Um, he is, we're going to talk about this. Uh, no, we're going to do quick. it. Let's do He's it. He's a legend of the 80s and 90s TV. Uh, he was, you know, Knight Rider, the show that, that Peter Quill referenced, where he had a yeah. talking car. Um, Baywatch. Remember Baywatch? I remember Baywatch. Kids, let me tell you, Baywatch was probably, I think still is, one of the most successful television shows of all time. It's uh, amazing how much money you could make just having Pamela Anderson jog in slow motion down a beach in a bathing suit. I mean, it it that the uh, distribution deals of Baywatch are legendary. Look, it has, there are so many, so many iterations of da- of Baywatch, all of which have had David Hasselhoff in them. Absolutely. So you know, uh, and I do like that one with the Rock. I do. Um, it was funny. Yeah. yeah, it was funny. Yeah. But I yeah, remember no, it. Uh, I was very medicated at the time that I watched it, but I remember laughing a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. It's one of those <laughs> movies. Yeah. So the Hoff is legend. He is legend. He is yeah. particularly legend in Germany uh, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> he's still working, y'all. Mostly he yeah. does he does music videos that are released in Germany, and he does cameos as himself, like he's doing here. Yeah. That's all. You know what? I If I could do that, I would do it. If you can become so legend that all you need to do is show up and be you. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cut, no. print, we have succeeded. But the Botox, it needs to stop. Just I, You know, that's you know, a choice. It's a choice. It is a choice. I'm just, you know, you can hurt yourself permanently that way. Anyway. But yes, and, absolutely. And I, do, uh, I have met David Hasselhoff in person, accidentally. Oh. He was at 
uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> he d- he Disneyland. did a cameo as himself in your life. <laughs> uh, he was at one of my favorite bars, and uh-huh. he walked up, paid for everybody's drinks, got himself oh. got himself some tea, and walked away, and it was super cool. Oh, yeah. Thanks, so they, Hoff. Yeah, super Do nice. Do not guy. hassle the Hoff. Do not hassle the Hoff. Oh, by the way, uh, we didn't mention this earlier when we were talking about uh, him being a part of the band with the Sneepers. Uh, he is actually credited also as Zardu Hasselfrau. <laughs> which, of course, is Gamora's misinterpretation of the name David Hasselhoff. I love that so I much. I love it. Okay. okay. So, yeah, Ego appears as David Hasselhoff and is like, God, this isn't even enough to make you happy. Ah. And he's like, Fine. You know what? And a light tentacle busts up out of the floor? I don't need to see that. It's weird. Oh, it gets real hentai real quick in this yeah. movie. Stabs right into Peter's back and says, Ooh. I wanted to do this together. But I suppose you'll have to learn by spending the next thousand years as a battery. What? That sounds, that sounds nice. Oh, that's great. Okay. <sighs> So then Rocket and Gamora finally connect. They make a phone call. Thank God. Uh, and Rocket's like, look, I'm in an old piece of mining equipment that Yondu used to pull off some heist at some point. Um, we're going to be flying in. Keep your, keep your comm on so I can follow your signal. And Kraglin's staying on board the quarter and drops them in this cool, badass little mining ship. I love it. Yeah. It looks like the big brother of the little mining pods that they rode around in on Nowhere in the last oh, movie. Oh, you're right. I love that. Except yeah. this one's got like little fucking deadly laser things that move on tracks all the way around the ship. Yeah, very I want, cool. I want it. I know. Uh, <laughs> but did you notice what the planet looked the planet? like while they were flying towards it? The planet looks like there's a face on the planet. It looks like Ego in the comic books. Yeah. Which I was like, I remember first time watching this movie, I was like, that's how they're going to do it. There it is. Yeah. yeah. The planet looked like a totally normal, pretty little planet up to this point, And now it looks now like a- the entire thing is angry. And it is. It is. Ego's super angry. Yeah. Uh, yep. We see so many tendrils of tentacles, light, and shit poking into Peter. I hate it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's um, you know, context is king. <laughs> In this context, it's not hot. It's not hot at all. And then, uh, uh, and light starts exploding everywhere, yada, yada. And then my favorite part is uh, we see a shot of the Dairy Queen. Okay, pause. Oh. Before we start going Super Saiyan all over the planet and everything and sucking yeah. out all of Peter's power, Ego grabs the Walkman off of oh, Peter's right. belt. Oh, right, and he smashes it. It's playing Brandy, yeah. and they both have sad faces about it. Peter's still, like, barely conscious. He's crying. Uh, yeah. And then you can see Ego... Uh, because Kurt Russell's face is magic. You can see him go from, like, sad memory of Meredith to, nope, I'm still angry. Crush, crush, crush. Yeah. Drop it. <sighs> okay, then Dairy Queen, go. Then we go to a Dairy Queen. Now, I don't know if you remember his stuff, but at the beginning of the movie, it was old Dairy Queen, right? With the right. old logo. Uh-huh. Now we have new Dairy Queen with the new yeah. logo. They've just uh, kept refreshing the Dairy Queen at that location. Uh, Dairy Queen sponsored, uh, provide, uh, believed to be reported $20 million to be featured. Nice. In this movie. <laughs> you know, it works, though. It's not obnoxious. No, it, it's it's there. Yeah. Um, and then um, we see a shot of the flower. So I have a question. Did yeah. nobody else go behind the Dairy Queen and get some? Did nobody see the flower and go, hey, there's a weird looking flower there? 
I guess not. Um, because it's been there for like 34 years. Right. Uh, just hanging out behind the Dairy Queen, waiting for the moment that its progenitor would be powerful enough to trigger it. Yeah. And, and then we get a large blue blob, and it goes everywhere, destroying shit, and it's gross. Yeah, and it I'm like, and by large we mean size of buildings large. Like it is starting to swallow the town. Yeah, it's so fucking big. It's yeah, no, it's gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is James Gunn. This is Slither all over again. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thank God it's blue. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Drax kicks the door down. Into the room, interrupts Ego. Ego turns to look at them just in time to see Yondu and his mining ship come crashing down through the ceiling and squish him. <laughs> and now we got the gang all back together. Yay, just like Yay. that. Uh, one of my favorite moments uh, when the uh, <laughs> the ship door opens and we have Groot waving, being all cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Drax is like, get out of the way, dumber, smaller Groot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so they all get on board this little ship. And they do a quick info dump. Oh, by the way, Nebula's here. Yeah, uh, and she, and they're like, "No, we don't like you." Uh, and she's like, "Shut up! I saved you to Rocket." And Rocket's like, "No, you didn't." You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saved you. And everybody's like, "Okay, head count. Everybody's here. Cool." Um, but we need to do. Uh, we're, we are not safe. We have not saved the day. No. Uh, Ego is, because Mantis is like, no, 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 no. Ego is the whole planet. Uh, the only way to, to, to do anything about him is to go down to the center of the planet where his core is. Yep. Like that's, that's it. Oh, and by the way, Yondu's here. Yeah. And Peter is surprised to see Yondu. Yeah. There's fucking Yondu. What? Because by the way, Peter doesn't know about Nebula and the Ravagers back on Bearheart. Last he knew. Rocket and Nebula and Groot were all back on Bearheart repairing the fucking Milano. Right. Yeah, right. All that whole thing with the Ravagers, he missed it. And they wait a whole, I don't know, half a second before they start to argue. Nope, gotta go. <laughs> we don't have time for anything else. They start trying to fire up the ship. They're going to start flying away. Uh, the thrusters are out. They're having a, Peter and Yondu are like working together to hotwire it and get the ship working while, um, while arguing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, we find out while they're doing this that Yondu found out what Ego was doing to the kids. Yeah. And that was why he couldn't give Peter to to Ego. Once he picked up Peter, then he found out that Ego was killing these kids. So he couldn't do it anymore. Wow. Yeah. And Peter's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Then why did you tell me you're going to eat me all these, oh, for all those years? And Yondu's yeah. like, I'm being funny. <laughs> <laughs> and Yondu's like, it's not funny to me. Meanwhile, Rocket, the talking raccoon, uh, is downstairs going, you people have issues. <laughs> and Peter goes, of course I have issues. <laughs> That's my freaking father. <laughs> So anyway, they get the thrusters going. The ship launches pume up through the ceiling, and they think they're going to go up, 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 and then Peter dives down. Yeah. Yeah? Because they have to save the galaxy again, which Rocket yeah. is very excited about because they can double the rates. Yeah, and Peter's like, I cannot fucking believe that that's what you're thinking about right now. And Rocket's like, it was just, look, we're friends. You know I'm going to have that thought, okay? Of course I care about all the buildings and the plants and the animals. Yeah. And Peter's and, like, and the people? Nah. 
Yeah, and that's kind of my reaction too. It's like, mm. yeah. And that's when Mantis says, "The crabby puppy's so cute, he makes me want to die." <laughs> and same. Me too. Meanwhile, what's Craglin doing up in space? Yeah, so Craglin's up in space. He's just, uh, you know, chilling by himself, just waiting, and nothing major <laughs> seems to happen. I tossed you the ball. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so Craglin's up on the ship. He's waiting around, and again, another detail. What's he listening to? Oh, shit. I, I forgot to write that down. He's listening to Wham Bam Shangalang by Silver. That's right. Wham Bam Shangalang. <laughs> I fucking love this soundtrack. And just a just a quick reminder, uh, at the end of Taser Face's life, <laughs> <laughs> he called the Sovereign. And let them oh, know. Oh, right. Yeah, let them know, hey, I know where they're going. They're going to Ego's planet. Ego. Ego's bad. Ego is a planet. And so, naturally, the Sovereigns show up because, hello, they don't have to actually fly in their ships. Right, because they've they, got the arcade. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to fucking... Uh, all, they can make 700 jumps. No problem. And, oh, by the way, the High Priestess herself is joining yeah. in on the fun. Yeah. All of this for, for fucking Harbulary batteries? <laughs> No. Are you kidding me? All of this for pride. The, for Harbulary batteries. Yeah. The high priestess is pissed and she wants blood. And that's what right. this is about. Yeah. And and Craglin, who is singing Wham Bam Shangalang to his soup. <laughs> he was singing soup, soup to the tune of Wham Bam Shangalang. Fucking. <laughs> I love you, Sean Gunn. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, Stephanie, do you know today is the 22nd birthday of Gilmore Girls? No, I... Yeah. Weirdly enough, did not know that. Oh, okay. Well, happy birthday, Kirk. <laughs> Just saying. Um, uh, so, Craglin anyway. tries to call Yondu to, I don't know, give him a heads up that hordes of gold ships are headed his way. Um, but the signal's not quite getting through. Yeah. So, so, somehow, though, Yondu has decided that while we are plunging this mining vessel deep into the bowels of a god planet, we should have a chat, Peter, about... You know, how's it been meeting your dad? Yeah. Well, he does ask, so, Peter, what did y- what did Ego want with you? And, right. you know, basically briefly explains what, what the deal was there. Uh, and, yeah, they have, a whole con- they, ho- they have a whole conversation where they're trying to be sentimental while, as you said, they're burrowing through the fucking planet. Right. And Yandu's like, so uh, that whole power of creation thing that he's got, is that something that you can do? And Peter's like, nah, kind of. Um, I made a I made a ball, <laughs> and Yondu's like a ball, and Peter's like, yeah, I thought as hard as I could, and Yondu's like, Psh, you think when I control this arrow, I'm thinking, I'm using my head, but we and don't have time for any more conversation at that. Yeah, I'm about to say, and, and then what, Yondu? And then what? Yeah, nope, too well, late. They're I, in the inside. I'm ready of the planet. for for fucking life lessons with Yondu. Yeah, what? right, right. Could we? No, no. They make it to the core of the planet. And it really does look like neurons, like like a cave shaped like neurons connected together. Yeah, like a, one, really cool. like one big molecule because he learns how to control molecules, eh? Yeah, eh? yeah, eh? yeah. Uh, so they find the core. It's in the middle. Mantis is like, that's it right there. And so uh, Rocket moves all of the little lasers that are all over the ship to one point in the center. They make it one big, super powerful laser. They start drilling into the core and they're totally going to make it. Except that right then, Craglin's call comes through <laughs> to let them know that the Sovereign are here because the Sovereign are in in fact here uh, but I, I love it when he says hey uh remember that aisha chick 
<laughs> and Yondu looks over, shit, you know. And there, because there's that Aisha chick. <laughs> and that's when they mention her name, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the sovereign's here and it's bad. It's bad because they still, they get interrupted. They can't drill into the core anymore. Ego is still going to try and kill them because angry planet does not give a shit about this new infestation of fleas that he's got. Uh, so rocket MacGyver's together the harbulary batteries (laughs) into a bomb. So back in the day, kids, there was a show called MacGyver. Oh my god. No, no, no. Well, there is a re- there is a- NBC did a remake. That oh, that's only- right. They did. And it went for a shockingly long time. Yeah. So okay. the kids know what MacGyver means. I, okay. I don't I, have to explain I, it then. I never watched it, but whatever. <laughs> like literally duct tape and a couple of buttons on the harbulary batteries. And, and now it's a bomb. And so he and Groot and Peter uh, get their jetpacks and they go flying off into the hole that they have partially drilled into the core of Ego's brain. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, while the Sovereign have been firing at the mining vessel, everything got shook up and Drax, Gamora, and Mantis all fall out of the ship. Yeah. And they land on the ground. We get three dings on the superhero landing counter. Correct. Yeah, and and they're on the ground and in the middle of all this shit. And I'm like, holy crap. Um, I will say, I don't think the green screen was very good here. (sighs) But I can forgive it. There's this... There's so much shit happening, and it it just it just looks ultra fake when they're on the ground. Yeah, it's just moments like this where, like, you can tell the actors are, and it, it it's because we are jaded movie viewers, right? Yeah, yeah. We know how they do this. You know, the actors are standing there, looking around, reacting to. They're imagining it. Yeah. You know, it, it's you can tell. You can it, we can just tell at this point. We are savvy enough yeah. to recognize when it's a green screen situation. Yeah, so I think this is the part where Drax is trying to encourage Mantis to maybe use her powers to make Ego sleep because Ego's starting right. to reform right uh-huh. in front of them. He's a big, and, glowy, angry face, yeah. And and Mantis is like, I, I don't think I can do it. I, I, I'm not powerful enough. I don't believe I can do it. And Drax is like, you don't have to believe because I believe you, or I forget the word. I believe in you, yeah. Which I'm like, oh, Aww. Drax, that's so sweet. And then she actually does it. She she puts her hand down in a glowing vein, uh-huh. and Ego goes to sleep. And Drax, yeah. Drax is like, oh, shit, you did it. I didn't think you would. Okay. I never thought she could because she's so weak and skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. like, God damn it, Drax. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ego is asleep. So right now the current threat is the Sovereign, who are still flying around and attacking the mining ship and sometimes attacking the people on the ground. They're, they're everywhere. This is what happens when you get a hundred people in a, in an arcade controlling fucking ships across long distances. This is not a coordinated thing. No. Uh, meanwhile, Peter Quill (laughs) has a terrible idea. It's the only, the only ideas they have though are terrible ideas. He says, uh, uh, rocket explains that the, the, the holes in the cave they made are way too small For any of them, except... Baby Groot. So then we get the classic Rocket explaining the bomb to Baby Groot scene. I fucking love this part so much. Oh my god. It's so adorable. Um, It's it's the best comedic timing between two entirely CG animated characters. Yeah, yeah. Way to uh, fucking go. Really? Yeah, for for seriously. So Rocket is trying to walk... (laughs) Groot through which button to push because one of the buttons if you push them it'll auto explode immediately and the other one's right. set to the timer uh but uh Groot's not not figuring it out Groot's a baby Groot's a baby he's like he's like four 
Okay, he's the equivalent of a preschooler. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. That's right. I'm Groot. No! Now that's the button that will kill everyone! So Rocket's like, okay, maybe if I can get some tape and tape over the button. Oh my god, the tape thing. And then the tape thing goes on for a long time. Because there's like all this battle and shit happening. Peter runs up and is like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. And Rocket's like, this is, I need... This is bad timing witty banter, this entire thing. This whole with, thing. With the tape. Yeah. That's Dang, what I have bad timing witty banter. Yeah. So Peter, uh, so Rocket's like, can you ask around and see if anybody has any tape? And you can, and Peter flies off. There's battles. It's so there's good. Explosions. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear Peter go around asking everybody if they have tape, except Nebula. Meanwhile, we're just watching Rocket and Groot sit there and wait for Peter to come back with tape. I love this part. Yeah. So, it's so good. Yeah. This scene was actually the scene that debuted at the Comic-Con, the, whatever comic-con was before this movie came out they this they showed this entire scene and uh i was reading an article saying that the entire crowd was dying laughing it's so fucking funny yeah Yeah. it's so fucking funny we are not doing it justice and this is why we cannot do like golden girls divas no yeah yeah, no no, we can't we can't no jokes aren't funnier when you explain them they're just not um but anyway, while they're arguing about the tape, Groot just picks up the bomb and runs. And Rocket's like, well, we're all going to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's accurate. Meanwhile, up on the mining ship, Nebula and Yondu are sitting in the, in the cockpit, right? Yeah. They are completely surrounded by the Sovereign. The thrusters have been taken out. The, the weapons have been taken out. Like the, every, everything is fucked and they've lost power. So Nebula's like, fuck, okay. She cracks open her cyber arm. Yep. And starts plugging wires into her arm while Yondu is pushing buttons and moving all the lasers around and into position. <laughs> and he gets his hand on a switch, looks over at her, and she's done putting wires into her arm. And he goes, this is going to hurt. Promises, promises. <laughs> bad timing sexiness. Ding on the bad timing sexiness counter because I all of a sudden want them to stop what they're doing and bang it out right there. Right? I ship it. I oh ship my it God. I, we oh. need that. If anybody can find that fanfic for us, we would really appreciate it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, goddamn. But he flips the switch and, and all this electricity goes running through Nebula. She's screaming, but all of the lasers on the ship are suddenly super powered and it's pew, 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 pew all around and it takes out all the sovereign ships. Oh, um, there was one of my favorite oh. moments that happens right before this. So, oh, because sorry, yes. the high priestess is giving her monologue while oh, they're trying right. to figure shit out. And she's. Because she, she thinks she's the fucking villain in this story. And she's, not, she's not. She's not. No, she's a secondary villain at, at best. And she just says. This will teach you a lesson to not, or don't screw with the sovereign. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately all destroyed. All destroyed. We get the shot of her in the arcade. Everybody's screens going red as their ships are destroyed. And she's like, no! I love it. Couldn't have happened to a meaner bitch. I love her. Love it. I hope she's in, in the next one. Anyway. Uh, she will be. She should be. Yeah, she it's should be. It's definitely teased at the end. But anyway, we'll, we will get to that. So the ship itself has definitely overloaded. It is about to go boom. And right before it goes boom, uh, oh, Peter, by the way, flew back onto the ship. Yeah, he had to take he's, cover. He's on that ship with them. Uh, right before it goes boom, we see Yondu whistle. Unclear. It goes boom. Gamora's looking up at it. She screams, Peter! Nebula, boom, ding, on the superhero landing. She drops out. Of the ship lands on the ground. And she looks at Gamora. And there's a long pause. And then she looks up. (gasps) 
Peter and Yondu are emerging from the smoke. And Yondu is holding his hand up, holding onto his arrow. That's why he was yeah. whistling earlier, so he can call the arrow so he can float down on it. Did uh, you know a Yaka arrow could just hold you up like that? Sure, why not? Sure. Fuck it. Why uh, not? Uh, and Peter's Peter, got a jetpack. Peter has a jetpack. Peter looks up and he's smiling. And he and Yondu's like, what? And <laughs> Peter says, you look like Mary Poppins. And he does. He's even got his heels together and his toes out like Mary Poppins. Exactly like Mary Poppins. Yeah. And uh, the best line, one of the best lines ever in the MCU is Yondu announcing, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! Oh my god, I love him so much. One of the best things that came out of after this movie was the number of people that would go to conventions dressed as Mary Poppins to get their pictures taken with Michael Rooker. Yep. Well, do you remember? Fucking great. Do you remember one uh, a week after this movie came out? I I think I sent you this video many 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 years ago. Mm. But he went to Disneyland, and at the time, Mary Poppins herself was there. And he goes, he runs up to her to take a picture, and he's like, "I'm with Mary Poppins, y'all." And that was amazing. (laughs) I love Michael Rooker. He's so good. Fucking great guy. Anyway, then everybody meets in the middle of this floor at the bottom of the cavern, and the whole everything is fucking rubble and cave falling apart because lasers, very powerful mining lasers, have gone insane in this cave, right? So it's all fire and boom and rocks are falling and the camera is going around a la the first Avengers movie and we get a ding on the superhero team pose moment. Yep. Well, everybody's together in the middle of this, and it's so majestic, and we get a swell of heroic music, and then, boom, a rock hits Mantis in the head. And Drax goes, oh, Mantis, look out, like right after that, (laughs) which is like, what? Oh, my God. Did you hear that? No. That was my dog sneezing. He's in the room. Aw. The allergies are bad for doggos, too. I bet. Buddy. You okay? Sometimes he was asleep, and so the sneeze kind of woke him up. Woke him up. Looks really disoriented. (laughs) It's a good boy. You're okay. Aww. I love you. Go back to sleep. Okay. Um. So yeah, Mantis. Look, that moment took me out. I legit had to pause and die. I had I had laugh tears because I forgot that happened. A, (laughs) but the sound of the like the like right when she got hit by. I'm a terrible person. That was the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, the person that was keeping Mantis asleep is unconscious now. Yep. So Not Mantis, Ego. Ego asleep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Yondu calls Craglins to be like, hey, we need evac, like, right now. Uh, right. Because, <laughs> because Groot has run off with the bomb, Ego's waking up, and Rocket has informed Yondu that they got about six minutes till the bomb goes off. You know, assuming they don't die prior yeah. Which is always possible. I mean, 50-50. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep, so Star-Lord's like, well, we need to get Mantis out of here. Drax, take her. He puts his space pack on <laughs> Mantis. Or, on I'm Drax. sorry, on Drax. Which uh, um, immediately unfolds on his chest, and he flies up, and he screams, Oh, my nipples! <laughs> <laughs> Love oh, it. Oh, my God, um, Drax. But Ego is starting to wreck the fucking house around them, yeah. right? Uh, so everything, like, the the ground is shaking under their feet. Part Pieces of it are falling away. Gamora falls down. Yeah. And, and you know, Gamora, no! And she, But as Gamora's falling, she looks and sees that Nebula is falling with her. Aww. And I had to go back and check. We don't see if Nebula fell or if Nebula jumped. We don't know. Right. I think she jumped. I think she jumped. 
Yeah. Because she's down there. She's got purpose in her eyes. She is focused on Gamora, grabs her and uses her robot arm to grab onto the cliff edge and catch her and flings Gamora back up. And they both get back up onto a stable surface and they look at each other and Nebula goes, get over it. (laughs) 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 Fucking love it. Anyway, Ego is on the attack now with his glowy giant rock face thing. Yeah, and this is when shit gets hardcore for the Guardians. Yeah. Uh, Star-Lord gets hit really hard. Gamora and Nebula are trying to climb, but and en- en- uh, Kraglin lands, but the energy tentacles grab on, yeah. try to push the ship over. Um, there's like rocks forming. Uh, the rock that Gamora and Nebula are standing on top of starts like shooting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ego just starts systematically crushing Yondu and Rocket, even though they're trying, like, Yondu's doing cool stuff with his arrow thing. Yeah. Um, and Rocket is blowing shit up as best as he can. He has that cool, that's, like, yellow shield thing. That's a thing. So let's pause there. Mm-hmm. Because Rocket got, like, a slow burn ding on the Rocket Raccoon Confused Boner counter here. Yeah. Because before this all went down, like, right after Mantis gets knocked out, you see Rocket. While he's explaining they got about six minutes left, he's already taking these little, like, red ball things out of a bag at his waist. Shit hasn't even really started to go bad yet. Nothing's really blown up yet. He's already starting to get these out. So then he's, you know, jetpacking around, and these tentacles are all around him, and he's throwing these little red ball things all over the place. And then he activates the energy shield and hits a button, and all those little red balls blow up. They, like, pull the the tentacles in close and blow them up, and he's protected inside his shield. That motherfucker was prepared from before shit went down. Yeah. I love that. Unfortunately, it's one of those scenes I think you can only do once. Well, yes. And mm-hmm. also, that's a god. Yeah. Like, this good is job, really, buddy, but that's and, a god. And, yeah, uh, after that, you know, everybody is either sinking in the sand, getting crushed. Uh, like, there's, be- like, they... It's bad. It's, it's really bad. bad. Yeah. Ego is totally going to kill everybody. Did you hear what he said? Uh, which part? He goes, soon, Peter, we will be all there is, so stop pissing me off. <laughs> <sighs> Lord. I love him. Uh, yeah, and even poor little Groot, who's running through the tunnel with the bomb, he's starting he's to get crushed. He's getting crushed. He's crying. Yes. Like a baby. I hate crying. you, Ego, even though you're so oh, hot. Oh, God. Um, also, while that's happening, while everybody's getting the shit kicked out of them on, on Ego, the blue blobs are uh, starting to swallow Missouri. It's starting to swallow other planets. Yeah. And, and just, holy shit. And as Yondu is being crushed under tons of rock, he still turns to Peter and says, I don't use my head to fly the arrow, boy. I use my heart. And then you see Peter take a moment. And he has all of these beautiful memories flow through. We get a montage of presumably young Peter. I think it is young Peter. It's the same actor. Laying in the grass, listening to music on his headphones with a friend. Peter, modern day Peter, laughing with Drax. Flying around on jetpacks with Rocket and and Groot. Yondu teaching him, younger him, to shoot. Gamora, Gamora, Gamora. Like all these beautiful memories. And then we hear the beginning strains of The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. The song that James Gunn uses in this movie to signal an impending breakup. (laughs) Uh Uh And he's going to break up with daddy right now. Yes. Uh, And so so Peter suddenly knows how to control the energy without any kind of training. Stephanie, 
Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. <laughs> Do you recall any posts on social media about what a Mary Sue Peter is? <laughs> no, weirdly no. enough, nobody ever complained about Peter suddenly being able to control his godlike powers with zero training. And Strangely. Fight Ego, who has been doing this for millions of years. For millions to- of years, yeah. And able to fight Ego effectively. Are you? Are we suggesting that maybe there's just an inherent bias towards women? I'm suggesting that maybe... <laughs> All of the fanboys out there who every time a woman in nerd media, in Marvel, in Star Wars, in anything, shows the tiniest modicum of skill, they immediately scream Mary Sue. No matter how much evidence they have to support that that female character should be able to do the thing that she is doing, fuck her, Mary Sue, not good enough. But dudes, dudes can get away with shit like this. Yeah. I'm saying those are some sexist pigs. That's what yeah. I'm saying. We're not suggesting. We're straight up saying it. Yeah, that's not yeah. a suggestion. Yeah. That's yeah. just a fact. Uh, well, uh, Peter is distracting Ego, essentially. And the guardian, the rest of the Guardians gets gets released. And little baby Groot gets released, too. And he turns around and he sees mm-hmm. the brain. He sees it? Oh, my God. It's actually a brain? It's actually a brain. Okay. Yeah. Go with it, man. Okay. Uh, that that is an anthropomorphic tiny twig person carrying a bomb that was taped together by a talking raccoon. Okay, we're going. We're going to accept the glowing brain. Anyway, it's a gay pride brain. It's a gay pride brain. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the moment of truth, Groot uh-huh. puts the the uh, bomb onto the brain membrane. I looked it up. That's what it is. A a insane in the membrane. And then uh, Groot... Insane! Got the brain! Oh, that's going to be stuck in my head all day now. Uh, And then Groot has a a big moment where he's trying to figure out which button, which button is it going to be. And he does Uh the correct one. Yay! He almost pushes the bad button, though. Mm -hmm. Like a millimeter short from pushing the bad button. But then he switches. He switches to the good button. But then he turns and runs his little ass out of there. And he's so cute. I have to say, with the first time I saw this movie in a movie theater, we every, everybody in the theater cheered when yes. he picked the right button. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Groot gets back out there, Rocket scoops him up, and is and goes over to Yondu, who is now standing on the floor of this disintegrating cavern, yeah. watching the two godlings fight it out. And uh, Rocket's like, "Okay, this place is about to blow. We gotta go." And Yondu's like, "No, you get out of here. You gotta, you gotta go save the twig. Yeah, you gotta take care of the twig." And Rocket's like, "Not without you." And Yondu says, I ain't done nothing right my whole damn life, rat. You need to give me this. What is happening? I hate this part. This is, this is where, look, fuck you, James Gunn. I know. Look, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen enough in the MCU to start a counter, but we could have a fuck you, James Gunn counter. Just a temporary one. Fuck you, James Gunn. I, fa- I say we do a fuck you MCU counter. <laughs> Just every time it makes us fe- feel our own feelings. <laughs> fuck you, MCU. Here's the thing. The way the rest of this movie plays out is more emotionally evocative for me personally. I'm not gonna, I'm not speaking for everybody who watches the MCU, but for me personally, the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 plays on all my heartstrings and hits me in where I deep down inside where I'm soft like a like a woman more than any other film except maybe Endgame. Christopher, I can't hear you. 
Okay. One, two, three. All right, good enough. Yep. Where the fuck did my screen go? There you are. What did my notes say? Oh, I'm not sure where we were. Oh, yeah. No, we were just right in the middle of the big climactic emotional moment between Yondu and Rocket. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Okay. So Yondu's all like, Rocket's like, I got, we're going to go. We're going to get out of here, but not without you. And Yondu's like, no, go. You have to take care of the twig. I've lost all steam on this one. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, Yondu says, I ain't done nothing right my whole damn life, rat. You need to give me this. Yeah. And yeah, big fucking feelings. Big fucking feelings, man. I didn't expect, like, really? For these two? Right? For the asshole raccoon? And and Yondu? Well, to be honest, I didn't expect to care. I mean, I liked Yondu. He was cool. But mm-hmm. he wasn't somebody I was emotionally invested in until I saw that shot with him shirtless back at the brothel planet. Right. And not yeah. just because yummy, but no. because because he was so hurt and lost right. and adrift and sad. And then Sylvester Stallone rejecting him just, oh. Uh, look, if Sylvester Stallone rejected me to my face. I, I would be crushed. I, I, I'd be crushed. Yeah. I'd be reeling for a bit. Yeah. Sure. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough bitch who doesn't give a damn usually about what other people think of me. That would hurt a lot. It would hurt me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Rocket looks at Yondu and he's like, okay. And he reaches into his pack and he pulls out two little handheld devices. One is a spacesuit. And one's a rocket pack, an arrow rig. Yep. And he's only got one of each. Gives them to Yondu. Yondu takes them. And Groot looks at Yondu and says, I am Groot. <laughs> and Yondu's like, fuck did he just say? <laughs> and Rocket says, He says, welcome to the frickin' Guardians of the Galaxy. Only he didn't use frickin'. Groot. Oh. Language. Yeah, as they're flying away, Rocket's like, we gotta talk about your language. (laughs) (laughs) That's a foreshadow. Oh, it says, it says in my notes right here, I love them so much. Fuck you, James Gunn. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, back to Peter still fighting Ego. They are using godlike powers of creation to fight each other. Ego manifests a gigantic version of himself. What does Peter manifest? A goddamn Pac Man. A giant fucking Pac Man. Fucking 80s kid. What the hell? It even makes the Pac-Man sound. Yes. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Because he can. Yeah, pretty much. And honestly, I think this right here is why we should all be grateful that Peter Quill did not become a god ruling over the galaxy. Because it literally would be just a a galaxy of 80s references. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Only only Zondar Hosselfrau would survive. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we've got literally, like, we get a shot back to the bomb. We've got a minute until everything goes boom, right? Rocket and Groot get to the ship with Kraglin up on the surface. Uh, he's checking the timer. He's doing the math. Um, Drax and Mantis made it onto the ship. Good for them. Gamora and Nebula also on the ship. 
Yep. Everybody's there except for Peter and Yondu. <sighs> yeah. So Gamora says, where's Quill? Where's Peter? Where is he? And Rocket's not answering her. Yeah, and by the way, the um, improvement with the CGI for Rocket is oh is oh is there because you can just see the heartbreak on his face. You can see him doing the math where he's like, he's never going to make it out of there. Yeah, and anybody who goes down there is also not going to make it out of there. So when Gamora stands up, grabs a gun, and is about to go back into the cave. The cavern in the ground full of fighting gods to retrieve Peter Quill. Rocket stuns her. Drops her to the floor. And he says that he cannot, he can only afford to lose one friend today. Holy shit. And Nebula watched him do it. Yeah. She's not going to stop him. And I don't even have, I didn't even have time to emotionally react to this because immediately after this, uh, Drax is like, hey, is everybody on the ship? Where's Quill? Quill? Yeah, because Rocket's yelling at Kraglin to go. Go, 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 go. Yeah. And Drax is yelling, where's Quill? And he doesn't get an answer, so he yells louder, yeah. and he gets more upset. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. And I can't, I can't handle upset Drax. No. I can't handle... I cannot survive sad Rocket face. No. Do not, do not give me... They did this last time, and last time with him being sad about Groot dying was just, was just a, a, an appetizer for this. For this, for this moment here. Do not give me hard-boiled asshole character suddenly has enormous tender heart wound. Don't give me this. I Don't, know. But I mean, give it to me. Give it, I'd shovel it <laughs> into my face hole. I fucking love it. But like, oh my god, the torment. I can't. But I love it. But I can't. But I love it. It hurts so good. Oh my god. So we are back to, oh, I'm still so focused on Rocket. I actually wrote my next line of the notes that Rocket is still fighting Ego. I, um, it's not Rocket, though. It's Peter. Peter's fighting Ego. <laughs> Ego, apparently. By the way, Ego, in his human-shaped guise, in his Kurt Russell face, is solid gray now. Yeah. He's not even... You're totally right. He's not even bothering to try and be, like, person-colored. Nope. He has to, you know, regenerate so quickly, I figure, you know? He doesn't have time for the details. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the bandwidth for, you know, f- you know, rendering the color. Yeah. Uh but he like senses the bomb, yeah, because he's like trying to, trying to go to go get it to stop it. But Peter is holding him down, and Ego is begging him. Yeah, he says, "You're a god. If you kill me, you'll you'll be just like everyone else." And Peter says, "What's so wrong with that?" And this is why I love Peter Quill. I guess. Yeah, I know. I know. No, no, he got he fucking he he hit me in my panties. In a little while. We'll see it later. <laughs> not right here. Not right now. But we need. he needs to be wounded in several more levels before I will find him attractive, which I think says something about me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So uh, uh, the brain is destroyed. The bomb goes yeah, off. Yeah, the bomb goes off. The brain The brain is panicking. Did you see it like shaking yeah. inside its little brain case? Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, you, Ego. Did you see how Ego fell apart? He like disintegrated like fucking fucking kinetic sand. It was weird. Like, you know, dusted. Like a snap. No. Yeah. I didn't feel that. I, didn't, I felt that. I didn't feel like no. I was, I was, because that was this was much more there was like gravity to this. 
Like he, he just melted through Peter's hands. Whereas the, the snap, they just sort of float away. When I, when I watched this with, uh, I think it was my nephews. It was with some kids. Uh, that was the first thing they said when they saw Ego turn to dust. It was like, oh, did, did Peter snap him? And I was like, huh, I never thought about that, that correlation before. You are not going to prove my opinion wrong by citing your nephews. That's not a thing. Well, no, I'm just saying, uh, if the snap is people's molecules falling apart, that's what happened to Ego. It's snapping them out of existence. I don't think you can even even call it molecules. Hmm, That's fair. They just disappear from existence with the snap. It's just, that is, it was a reminder to me of that. It was kind of a foreshadow for me. So that's where I'm going with that. And we can agree to disagree. We disagree, but that's fine. (laughs) So there's Peter, alone at the bottom of the cavern, his father just disintegrated in his hands. He's kneeling in all of this destruction, clearly ready to just fucking die down there. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a way to get out. And then surprise Yondu! Yeah. Just jetpacks over, scoops Peter up, and flies him up out of the cave. And what does Yondu fucking say to him? He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. <laughs> And that made me uh, sad or Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, look, at the time this movie was made, Daddy did not have the context that it has now. Right. If they made this movie now, he wouldn't say Daddy. No, no. No. No, no because that's it's hot now. <laughs> and then he goes on, because Peter's like, what? He's, happy. He's like, dumbstruck and, and gazing at Yondu as they're flying up. And he goes on to say, I'm sorry I didn't do none of it right. I'm damn lucky you're my boy. And then he slaps the little spacesuit thing on Peter and it like, whoop, 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 all the little blue dots all around in this spacesuit thing while they are flying up through the atmosphere off the planet that is collapsing in on itself. And... Yondu is very slowly starting to pass away. He is freezing. He's yeah. He's suffocating. He's freezing. Peter's freaking the fuck out. Because he's like trying to grab the spacesuit off of himself because he knows he's half a god. He might be able to survive this. Maybe I don't know for a second. He's trying to grab the spacesuit off of himself so he can put it on Yondu, much like in the last movie, yeah. outside of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, he's not able to do it this time. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, Peter has to watch his dad pass away, just like he had to watch his mom. But did you see that Yondu, because Peter's panicking, he's freaking the fuck out. Yondu, as he's freezing to death, as he's asphyxiating in space here, puts his hands on either side of Peter's face Yeah, to comfort him in this moment and he has just the sweetest most tender look on his face michael rooker how dare you be able to turn the meanest mug in the galaxy into the sweetest most loving expression for this idiot man child who is freaking out because you're dying in his arms i cannot i hate them i hate this I love it so much. It is a ding on the noble self-sacrifice counter for Yondu Udanta of all fucking people. God damn it. I cannot. I just, with the smile, I just. I know. And, uh, anyway. And I cried like a bitch the first time I watched it. I cried like a bitch a couple hours ago when I re- rewatched this. Um, 
here's the thing. I was, this was all very moving and I was definitely like hurt down in, into my heart, but I wasn't weeping yet. Yeah. Oh, I started. This is when I started. So. The funeral got me. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to what looks, it's very poetic. Like you see hands placing candles and flowers and you're like, oh, what's this? And then you see somebody carefully placing the little crystal froggy figurine from last fucking movie. Yeah, the one that Yondu took from the broker. <laughs> yeah. And then the little treasure troll that Peter planted in the ball in the last movie. They're arranging something very specifically for Yondu. And then we see them place a ribbon of some kind with like a mil- with like a little military medal on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they place a ribbon across Yondu's eyes. This is his funeral. Yeah. They're preparing Yondu for his funeral. And pause <laughs> so that we don't weep on our own podcast here. Uh, would you like to know a fun fact about this scene? <laughs> sure. <laughs> about, about Yondu's funeral scene? Yes. Uh, so make me laugh now. <laughs> so that's Michael Rooker. He's, he, he's laying there. And he had to lay there the whole time that they're setting up all of these intricate little details all over him. Inclu- like all the little candles and lighting the candles and all the little figurines, placing them just so. And they had to do multiple takes of placing these things around him, like the ribbon across his eyes and everything. And everything takes so much longer while you're filming than you think it does. Oh, absolutely. Like this, this you know, 30 seconds of film probably took a couple of hours to film to get everything right. Michael Rooker fell asleep. And they didn't want to wake him, lest he disturb everything that they've set up all over him. Oh, my God. So he's asleep during the entire funeral scene. That's amazing. The enti- Imagine the rest of this scene as we talk about it. But every now and then, Michael Rooker snores. And these poor actors have to hold it together and stay looking sad. Just knowing... They have been told by the director, we're going to cut out the snoring in post. Okay, just, just, just keep just going. Just go with it. Just go with just it. Just keep going. He's out. He's unconscious like a light. Slept all the way through his fucking funeral. God damn it. Yeah. They did have to edit out his snores in post. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> oh, So, yeah. So. so what's Peter saying? Tell me all about it. Uh, Peter... You know, I love this part with Peter so much. Um, yeah. Peter basically gives a speech about how, you know, it's funny how he's been looking for something his whole life, but the thing he's been looking for has been by his side the whole time. And, you know, he t- he tells people the story about David Hasselhoff, how he used to yeah. tell people that his dad was David Hasselhoff. But Yondu is essentially David Hasselhoff. He's a badass. He goes on adventures, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And God damn, Peter Quill. Like when he's endearing, when he's endearing and not a yeah. douchebag, I fucking love him. Yeah, because he's like you know, Yondu was amazing. Uh, I I had I had a pretty cool dad. Yeah, and like, look, after I finished watching this movie today, I called my dad. Aww. I was like, hi, so let's talk about Thanksgiving. Are we getting together for Thanksgiving? How are you? I'm just calling you out of nowhere, which I never do. 
<laughs> so if this movie has, has, has done nothing else good in this world, I hope it's inspired other people like me to reach, reach out to the, whoever, whoever the parental figure is in your life and just say hi. Because for real, it, it's, you never know. Okay. Absolutely. You just, you just never know. Just say hi. Yeah. Catch up. Yeah. See what's going on. Uh, unless they're toxic and horrible to you, in which case don't. If you have a good parental figure, reach and out to Found them. family counts. Found family absolutely fucking counts. Yeah, because... Uh, Yondu is found family. Yeah, because while I was finish, r- wrapping up the end of this movie, I also was talking to somebody I consider my mentor. Not really a parent, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. you know. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's very, uh, it's very sweet. And when Peter says that line, sometimes the thing that you've been searching for your whole life is right there by your side and you don't even know it. Gamora looks past him and sees Nebula. Cause Nebula is there, but she's not part of the funeral. Right. She's like, she's off to the side and Nebula uncomfortable with all this emotion. And Too stuff, much emotion. She walks, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she walks out of the room. So, but Gamora hears Peter say that about something you've been looking for your whole life, and it's been right by you the whole time, and watches Nebula walk away, and she can't let her walk away. No, not this time. So Gamora, Gamora follows her. Yeah. And she stops her with the closest thing to an apology you're going to get out of Gamora, which is, I was just a child. Yeah. She was just a child trying to survive, and she never thought about what Thanos was doing to Nebula. Yes, Gamora always had to win, and that's because Gamora didn't want bad things to happen to her. Right. She didn't think about what that bad things were happening happening to Nebula. And Nebula's like grumpity grumpity. And basically Gamora's like, stay you are invited to stay with us, to join us. There's a galaxy full of little girls just like us that need our help. Stay stay with us and help us help them. But Nebula is too focused on her target. She wants to kill Thanos, and that's what she's going to do. Yeah, she says that she will help them by killing Thanos. Yeah. And Gamora's like, I don't know if that's possible. Well, her concerns are legitimate. It will turn that's out later. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah. So Nebula turns to leave. Gamora grabs her arm. Nebula turns back ready to fucking fight. Yeah. But Gamora's just standing there. And so Nebula freezes, and Gamora wraps her arms around her. And, and says, you'll always be my sister. Mm. And Nebula has to take a minute before she almost kind of a little bit hugs her back. I just... But she just can't handle the emotion right now. It's too much. Nope, gotta go. This is too much Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Gotta She's go. more comfortable but, attacking her sister than hugging her back, quite frankly. But they are reconciled as they much are. as they can be. As much as they can be, right. There's yeah. still so much trauma. Yeah. So we are back at Yondu's funeral. Yondu's being ushered through the rainbow spinny burning engine, I yep, guess, is what's a, happening. It's a gay, gay pride furnace. Yeah, uh, he's being buried at sea, as it were. Yeah. Uh, pushed out into space through the burning engine engines. Uh, Craglin pulls uh, Peter over and is like, hey, Captain wanted to give you this because his Walkman's been destroyed. So he's like, he hands over a Zune. Yep. Chris, what's a Zune? Uh, back in the day, kids, uh, there was a thing, there was <laughs> it, a thing at called... At the day of 2017... Not 2017. Well, no, a Zune. 2014. I looked it up. A Zunes, oh. a Zunes were stop stop being made in early 2010s. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, before the iPhone, 
Apple came out with an iPod, a thing, a device that you can put Correct. a ton of MP3s on. Microsoft mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, we can make a product that is so much better. And they come oh, out with the adorable. Zoom. No one mm-hmm. bought the fucking Zoom. And no. yes, I have Zoom, I have Zoom apologists in my life. I don't, <laughs> but there's an interface and it's much easier to navigate your songs and sort them through. And, and, and Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Easier sure. than an iPod, maybe, but not easier than a phone. Yeah. Anyway, so right. that, that, that was a thing. And that yeah. was a great reference. It's so cute. And he's like, yeah, it's got like 300 songs on it. And Peter's like, 300 songs? Yeah. What? It's not the Peter same 12 no songs that... anymore, buddy. Yeah. It's not just two mixtapes. You got all this music now. And so Peter presents Craglin with the Yaka arrow. Apparently, Rocket fixed it. Of course. Of course, Rocket did. And Craglin starts to tear up. And I can't apparently handle Sean Gunn crying. Yeah. Because this is where it starts for me. Yeah. He calls Peter Captain. He thanks him and calls him Captain. And it's so, uh. And then we watch Yondu's very sparkly ashes go floating off into the blackness of space. And in my notes, it says, bury me like this or don't bury me at all. Yeah. I mean, That's a hell of a thing. Yeah. And then we see Peter. Peter is sitting and he's got his Zune turned on. <laughs> and this is another fuck you, James Gunn, because in the wake of Yondu's funeral, Peter is listening to Father and Son by Cat Stevens. What the fuck? Go really? fuck yourself, James Gunn. Right? Go, it's fu- literally- go fuck yourself, Taylor Taylor Bates. Who Who's the guy? Who's the music guy on this movie? I'm blaming fuck them both. Too. Father and Son is a song about a father... Uh, who is dying is telling who is dying giving his son his last like words of advice yeah what fuck you fuck you guys then Groot crawls into Peter's lap and sits on his knee and wants to listen to the music too and the only thing that got me through the scene was imagining fucking Chris Pratt having to sit there and look fondly down at his own knee (laughs) Groot's not real (laughs) what no I'm kidding yeah, I know. Uh, that's just a yeah, fucking stupid guy just looking at his knee. That was the only thing that saved me. <sighs> yeah. But then I didn't stand a fucking chance. <sighs> because the Ravagers show up. All of them. All of them. Because Rocket called them and told them what Yondu did. That he sacrificed himself to save the boy that was going to be killed. And the galaxy, quite frankly. And the galaxy, yeah. But the thing the Ravagers gave a shit about was the trafficking in kids. So Rocket explained... Rocket didn't consult with anybody. He just fucking explained all of that to the Ravagers, and the Ravagers showed up. And they give him a Ravager funeral, which apparently involves the fires of Ogord flashing over your grave. Absolutely. And, yeah. um... And, look, I was holding it together. I was holding it together through fucking Sylvester Stallone being revealed to be one of the Ravager captains. I held it together through Ving Rhames and Michelle Yeoh. I was fine. Until Craglin lost it. Yeah. When Craglin's looking out the window and fuck you, Sean Gunn, this amazing facial journey he went on where he's like, oh shit, the Ravagers are here. Oh my God, they're doing the funeral. And he starts pounding his chest. Yeah, I lost it. Yeah. I lost it. And then we go through all of the Ravager captains and we see all of them and they look fucking amazing. And I'll get into those actors in a minute, but like, (sighs) it was a really beautiful moment. It was a really beautiful moment. And then we get, and I'm, I'm 
freaking weeping because it's so gorgeous. And like, I've been to too many funerals. Yeah. There's always this moment in funerals, right? Where you like, you start to switch from grief to celebration. And that's, that's a, that's so, it's such a poignant thing to fucking capture in the movie with the talking raccoon in it. And then the raccoon talks some more and doesn't ruin it. He instead is, is talking to himself. He's like, he's talking about Yondu. He says, He didn't chase him away. No. Even though he yelled at him, I was always mean. I mean, it's, it's the laundry list of criticisms that Yondu laid, laid at his feet when they first had right. that big fight after the jumping. And, and he realizes in this moment that if Yondu didn't chase all of the people who cared about him away by being such an asshole, then maybe Rocket has a chance yeah. to keep the people he cares about. And Peter steps up and goes, yeah, well, of course he didn't. Yeah. He's like, yeah, duh, ass. Of course we're still here. Yeah. Duh. God damn it. God damn it. So then sleepy baby Groot gets passed around the family and that's legit. <laughs> that's how it is when there's a baby in the family. Yeah. You just keep passing. Because sleepy babies are heavy and hot. Yeah. Groot, on the other hand, you know, little cute little I mean, thing. he's little yeah, and he's yeah. made of wood. So he's probably not. But that is legit a thing. And when baby's sleepy, baby wants to sleep on Drax and like same. And Gamora and Peter have an unspoken thing, Ugh. little exchange. And Gamora at this point is hardcore crushing on Peter. Oh, yeah. And look, I would too. Because did you see the look on Peter Quill's face when he looked at her? Yeah. That was, it was so tender and it was so, it made him like 20 times cuter. Yeah. Right then. Just, man, fuck you, Peter Quill. <laughs> and, and Mantis, Mantis is staring up at the, at the Ravagers, the, the, the flames of Ogord flashing over Yondu's grave. And she's like, it's beautiful. And Drax looks over at her. And I, you think almost you're going to have like that romance movie moment. Right. Because he, he looks at her and goes, it is. And so are you. On the inside. On the inside. God damn it, Drax. <laughs> Look, he's honest. <laughs> and then Rocket also staring up at these amazing flashing lights, this display from the Ravager captains, cries a single man tear. Yeah. Did you see the single yeah. man tear? Yeah, God it, it, damn it. Yeah. God damn it. <sighs> and that's the end of the movie. That's it. That's the official end of the movie. Now. Right. Now, hold on. I'm going to back up. Let's talk about these Ravager captains, okay? Okay. Because James Gunn's ability to pull cameos knows no bounds. Holy balance. shit, right? Holy shit. Okay. So we do have the return of Sylvester Stallone as Stakar. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that's with him, that's like, looks like he's made out of crystal. Yep. That is a character named Martin X. Mm -hmm. Martin X is played by Michael Rosenbaum. Mm -hmm. He is perhaps best known as Lex Luthor from the Smallville TV series. Correct. I know him best as the voice of The Flash, uh, oh, a.k.a. Wally West, in the animated Justice League series. And basically <laughs> anything animated Justice League, he's The Flash. So there's him. Um, the next captain that we saw, the giant one. Mm-hmm. That's Charlie Twenty Seven. Do you, by the way, do you know these characters from comics? Do you have information? Uh, I'll I'll go through that in a bit. Okay, so Charlie Twenty Seven is played by Ving Rhames. That's Ving Rhames. Yeah, that's that's Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus Wallace. That is Luther Strickle from all of the Mission Impossible movies. 
from Lilo and Stitch, that's the voice of Agent Cobra Bubbles. <laughs> Ving fucking Rames? I fucking love him. What? But, oh wait, we have one more fucking ace up James Gunn's sleeve. The next captain we see, that is Alita Ogord. She looks stunning. And that's because that's Michelle Yeoh. Uh, one of my favorite actresses of all time, period. Oh my god. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Memoirs of a Geisha, Crazy Rich Asians, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So here's a rare incidence of uh, an actor appearing twice for two different characters. I'm fine with that. I'm Um, okay with it. Uh, everything everywhere all at once, which I still need to see. <gasps> you, oh, Steph, that movie. I know, I know, mm-hmm. I know. But my favorite, my favorite role that Michelle Yeoh has played was Philippa Giorgio in all her iterations in Star Trek Discovery. Hey, oh, damn. Yeah, she's good. Oh, fuck, that's good. Okay, let me go deal with this cat. I'll be right back. Okay. And then tell me about these characters in the comic. Boomer! Come inside. Okay, we're back. Okay. Okay. So she's just gonna she's just gonna stay on my lap now. That's I have no choice. All right. There cool. you go. Fuck, she's heavy. Okay, what do you got for me? Okay, so these people, which also include a uh, a weird robot thing that we'll see in the post credit later. Uh, let uh-huh. me get the name of that mainframe. That's Mainframe. Do you know who's the voice of Mainframe? Miley Cyrus. Miley fucking Cyrus. Uncredited. Uncredited, but she does a really quick voice. I couldn't find the story behind that. Like, was she recording an album? I don't fucking know. Taylor Bates knows her. Like, what? Anyway, all these characters were part of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, which appeared as a short story in 1969 in the Marvel (laughs) Superheroes number 18 collection. They do make appearances... From time to time, sporadically through the 70s and 80s, until they were given their own comic book, which bombed. Uh, oh. Yondu was a member. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, we don't see what these characters can do. Most of them don't really have uh, superpowers, except for, shit, the magic one. I forgot uh-huh. its name. Uh, they didn't write it down. Oh, I don't know crap. which one's the magic one. Uh, it's in the post credit scene where you see the... The weird. Oh, he does like a hand gesture, almost like a yeah. like one of the sorcerers. Yeah, and, and that also. I don't know. Yeah, and that also establishes the aesthetic for magic because that character, that character is the only character I know of for sure that has a superpower. The rest are just fucking. They're just badass. They're just badass, and they have like technology and shit. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, they they are the original Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy we know today, the MCU ones. They had a they had a comic book relaunch. It was super successful. James Gunn wanted to make a movie. Here we are. Here we are. And are and they going to... as they say, is history. Are they going to be in Volume 3? Chances are good that they will be, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we strongly hint that the Ravagers are going to be featured in Volume 3. In the many, many post-credit scenes. Uh, yes, correct. There are so many. There are too uh, many. Real quick, before, before we move into post-credits, uh, there was a, a counter that we missed. Oh. Uh, in the, the movie itself. We got a ding on the double cross. When Ego betrayed Peter. Oh, yeah. And went ahead and stabbed him with a light tentacle. We got distracted by the hentai implications. So yeah. That's understandable. That, was, yeah. that is definitely a double cross, for sure. Double cross. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so post-credits. Uh, cheap Trick by Surrender begins to play. Good call on that. Um, yep. Because you're like, I'm fucking emotionally drained. I'm tired. <laughs> I surrender. Um, 
Yeah, so first first post credit scene. I forgot about this one. Craglin is trying to figure out how to use the goddamn arrow. <laughs> yeah, he gets a new fin apparently yeah. because the fin the the fin that Yondu was wearing burned with him during the funeral. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and he's trying to figure it out. He gets the arrow lift up and it stabs Drax in the fucking neck. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and then Craglin just backs away and runs, which is the correct <laughs> thing to do. That is correct, uh, yes. And then we get the official announcement that the Guardians of the Galaxy will return. We assume it's going to be a third movie. In fact, I found a ton of articles where it's like, Guardians of the Galax- Gar- Galaxy Part 3 happens. I don't think we should talk about some of the drama of James Gunn until we get to the actual Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. Um, it, it's, what is not clear to me is whether or not they have officially decided to add the Guardians into Infinity War. I'm sure they think they're going to, but in, mm-hmm. in what capacity, what way? Um, I'm doing a lot of really interesting reading right now about Infinity War just because I, I'm a nerd. Um, because of who you are as a person, yeah. Because of who I am as a person. There's not a lot fully formed yet in 2017. Mm. There's just contractual agreements that they're going to be part of some major ensemble movie project. Okay. That could also mean another Guardians of the Galaxy movie because, hello, all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are technically ensemble projects. Right. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a team up, but it's a team. It's a built in team. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess each of the Guardians ones would be like Avengers. Anyway, um, so, yeah, then the next scene. Yeah, next scene. Uh, we see the original Guardians of the Galaxy. They have gotten back together. Uh, 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 they think that Yondu would be happy that they did that, and we finish that scene off with saying, "Well, let's say we steal some shit." <laughs> yeah, it's Stakar gets all the Ravager captains together. They're all happy to see each other because there's this is a moment that also always happens after funerals. People who haven't seen each other forever get, uh, get back together, get brought together by the funeral, and then they go and do something bad. Or maybe that's just funerals in my family. Yeah. Uh, so then, music, uh, flashlight by Parliament plays. Second, uh, did ne- you did oh. you notice as the credits are scrolling by, random lines on the screen appear as "I am Groot." Yes, and then get changed back to English. Absolutely. Did you also see that Cosmo was uh, in the credits? The yes, dog? Cosmo, Cosmo the space dog. Yeah. Uh, then we get to my favorite second, my favorite post credit scene. Uh, the high priestess at the Sovereign's not happy. <laughs> no, she looks like hell. She's she's really she looks like hell. Yeah, you're right. Uh, her assistant comes up, the same assistant, by the way, who had to talk to Taserface, <laughs> <laughs> and and her assistant's like, yeah. So the council's waiting for you. You're in fucking trouble. Yeah, because um, she used an awful lot of resources to try and get those fucking batteries back. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's just uh, expensive. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so high priestess is like, oh, no big deal. I'm working on something so much cooler. And we see a new birthing pod that looks super advanced. And she says, I think I shall call him. Adam. <gasps> ba 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 bum Who? Now, real quick. Um, in, the yes. co- in, the, in the first movie, in The Collector, we see a birthing pod. Okay. The birthing pod implies the arrival of a character named Adam Warlock. Okay. Who's a really big fucking deal. Um... Again, there I I I'm reading mixed information. I don't know if they were planning on including Adam Warlock in the Infinity War saga because Adam Warlock in the comics is very involved with the uh, the Thanos uh, thing. So hmm. again, I don't know if that's something they decided to change the last minute or they were never going to do it. I don't know. 
Uh, well, I was reading at one point Adam Warlock was supposed to be heavily involved in this movie. Yeah. And that's why that birthing pot appeared in the first one. But something happened. Plans changed. Plans yeah. changed. Um, anyway, Adam Warlock will be in volume three. That's confirmed. Uh, so, And he's being played by Hottie McHotface. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but he's hot. That's what his name is, right? Um, <laughs> and then after uh, after this post credit scene, uh, we get the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Inferno song, which Stephanie loves. <laughs> and uh, Hasselhoff is doing his best work. Yeah. Uh, we... Did you notice, like, because once we switch over to Galaxy Inferno or Guardians Inferno, there's all these like little little vignettes on the screen, the little screens of the the various Guardians of the Galaxy dancing. Did you see who else was up there dancing with them? No, that was the Grand Master. What? We missed. Yeah, I... yeah. Damn In it! One of the little windows with dancing characters. One of them is the Grand Master. Now, here's the thing: this movie came out in May of 2017. Thor Ragnarok won't come out until November 3rd of 2017. Wow. Yeah. Tiny little Easter egg teaser for the next big Marvel movie. Right I here in love the that so much. As deep in the credits. Yeah. Um, also, uh, when they do the music, they, you know, they list all the songs that were in the movie and they do have, in fact, Guardians Inferno and they have credited David Hasselhoff as Zondu Hasselfrau. <laughs> Which I think is fantastic. Uh, third post credit scene. Good God, James Gunn. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Groot is growing up. Oh, um, my God. He's playing video games. Peter Quill wants him to clean up the vines in his room. His room is a mess. And, and he says it smells bad. It smells in bad. There. Groot's yeah. like, I am Groot. <laughs> and Yeah, hello, my life. I was about to say, so how much did this scene traumatize you? Oh, my God. <laughs> All the way down to the not looking up from the device in his hands. Oh, that, yeah. That, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Again, whoever's involved in animating Groot has children in their life. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and finally, the last, finally. the last post-credit scene, Stanley is like trying to keep the attention of the watchers. They're done. They're leaving. And Stanley's like, where am I? How am I getting off this planet? And, yeah. He's like, you guys were my ride home. Where are you going? And they're done. And we're and done. And we're done. And scene spent. Movie over. <laughs> what a fucking journey! Uh, what a great fucking movie! I can't believe. Oh my I, god! I don't know. For, I don't know why I thought Volume Two wasn't going to be as good as Volume or the first movie for me. But I love Volume Two a little bit more. Yeah. No. But Volume Two is. I I love Volume Two. I do prefer Volume Two to Volume One. But I recognize that the reason I do is because of Volume One. Right, exactly. Like that lays all the groundwork. Yeah, and Volume One is a much more is a much tighter movie. Yeah. I, I think story wise, um, Volume Two is just unashamed to be what it is, and James Gunn is allowed to be James Gunn a little bit more than he was before. Right. Yeah. And but look, that's not always a good thing. No. Um, because because he he can go a little off the rails. He can go pretty. Pretty deep into it. Like, if you really want to see James Gunn go full James Gunn, watch watch Peacemaker. Yeah. There you go. Which is not for everybody, it's still, but I love it. It's still, it's so good, though. Mm-hmm. And he does the same fucking thing where it's like, I'm so wacky and gross and weird. And also, hi, here's a kick straight to your heart parts. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you feeling emotional? Are you emotional damage? Is that what's happening right now? Good. That's as intended. Now, back to the dick and fart jokes. Like, God damn it, James Gunn. 
And I think kind of like how um, salty makes things more sweet. Yeah. You know, the stupid jokes make the heartfelt shit hit even harder. Yeah. And that's... Because you're not ready for it. Yeah, no, I'm... I am. I was not prepared for what happened at the end of this movie. Right. Um, I am watching Peacemaker. There's some shit in there. I am like, why? <laughs> um, it's so, so good. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. I agree. Yeah. And God, I love John, John Cena. John Cena's surprisingly, surprisingly amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, anyway, that's not that's not even a Marvel property. Nope. To rein it back in. Okay. Uh, so, uh, in conclusion, we really like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And we're done for now of all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which what does yeah. that mean for us next time, Steph? We're not going to see them again until, you know, shit starts really going to hell. Yay! Yay! We're not going to see them again until, you know, Infinity War. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to be a minute. Um, at least I don't think so. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, that means that um, next time in the chronological order of things, that was that was 2014. Sure. In the grand timeline of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So next we step into, uh, we're stepping back to phase two into 2015 with Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh my God. Yes, ma'am. Um, y'all, we have been very nice and flowery about the last four episodes. Uh, with the uh-huh. last four episodes, could we love these movies? I like Avengers. Uh, I kind of like it. I like parts of it. Yeah. Basically, we're going to be really bitchy for the next two episodes. I got parts of that movie. I've got nothing nice to say about it. Yeah. But who knows? Perhaps it's been a while since I've watched it. True. Perhaps, perhaps on rewatch, my opinion will change. But again, just like, just like we've been doing up to now, particularly because this is an Avengers movie. So it's a huge ensemble situation. We will be splitting it into two. So we'll do next time. We will be talking about the first half of Avengers Age of Ultron. Yay. Yay. I'm hearing like whistling. Is that coming from your end? Uh like right there. Meep, 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 meep. Oh, that's my uh that's an alarm. Oh good. Oh, the building next door. There's fire trucks. Holy shit, what's going on? I c- <laughs> Yep. Let's wrap up this podcast. Let's wrap up this podcast because there's a fucking fire You can go see if your neighborhood's going to burn yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know Okay, notice. I'm, sc- I'm going to scroll through my notes real quick and see uh, if we missed anything. Scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up, up, up. Oh, yeah, no, there was one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> one more quick, one more quick trivia. Uh, so did you know that there was a cameo in this film that got cut? What? No. In fact... Nathan Fillion had a cameo. Really? That ended up on the cutting room floor for time. Uh, he had a cameo in the last one. He was the pervy giant uh, prisoner that wanted to slather Peter up and go to town. <laughs> and Nathan Fillion, like, for those of you who maybe don't aren't Firefly fans, he's, he's Captain Mal from Firefly. He was in Castle, that series, for a lot of years. Uh, he was in Slither. With James Gunn, yep. they are bestie friends. And so, yeah, he's trying to get Nathan Fillion into the MCU by sneaking him in in this cameo. He was going to play Simon Williams, who is a character from the Marvel Comics known as Wonder Man. Oh, my God. And in the Marvel Comics, Wonder Man is uh, he's a superhero. He's also an actor. He's a Hollywood actor. 
And so the scene that was going to have Nathan Fillion, it wasn't really going to have Nathan Fillion in it. It was going to have posters because in on, on Earth, in Missouri, when the blob was devouring that town, they were going to go past a movie theater that was having a Simon Williams film festival. Oh, my God. And it was going to feature multiple posters of Simon Williams movies. And those posters were going to have Nathan Fillion's face as the cameo. Wow. Would you like to know the posters for these movies? Please do. Sure. So one was a Tony Stark biopic, just called Tony Stark. <laughs> in the in, Along the vein of like Jobs. Yeah. You know that one? Okay. Uh, another one called Haxon 2, very clearly an action horror type situation. Okay. Another one called Archon. And this is the one that really uh, kicked up the, the fan base because Nathan Fillion posted a picture of himself in this costume sitting in the Milano. Oh, wow. Uh, to social media to sort of tease that he was involved with this project. And, and speculation ran wild. He's appearing as Archon. It is a clearly an epic fantasy type movie, a la Conan the Barbarian. Oh so he's got like God. the big horns on his helmet and the big like fur thing. He looks like a big crazy, but it's Nathan Fillion's face. Okay. Yeah. And finally, there is a poster for, or there would have been, but the scene got cut, for Toxic Janitor 2, a spoof of the Toxic Avengers. The tagline on the poster was, one wasn't toxic enough. Oh my God. So they had to make two. I love that. Yeah. So that was Nathan Fillion's cameo that could have been. And that's it. I'm spent. I got nothing else for this movie. Cool. Cool. Are you ready to Boomer, can you fucking wait? She can't fucking wait. I need to outro the move, the podcast, but Boomer would like to leave the room. It will excuse me. Yeah, sure, sure. Good thing we're doing this in two parts. Goodbye. I love you. <laughs> Is she- I would like to point out that Dargo, my dog, has been in here the entire time. And he's been nice. The- He's been fucking amazing. He's wonderful. I, think, I love him I, the most. <laughs> don't let don't let Boomer hear you say that. I don't care what she hears. How about we outro stuff? <laughs> Let's outro the show. I'm so, I'm spent. Okay. Uh, hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you. If you would like to hang out with this hot mess express of a of a pair of podcast hosts in between episodes, you super can. Uh, we are on all the social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at marvelous underscore divas. You can also subscribe to our podcast on any podcast platform of your choosing. Please subscribe. Ooh. Please leave a review. Also, you can check out, we do have a YouTube channel under the Dark Side Divas brand where we do Marvel stuff too and video versions of the show. Check that out. Subscribe. Like our videos. We would really appreciate it. Also, we have a swag store, redbubble.com forward slash official divas where you can buy logos of our show uh, and also a bunch of other stuff like coffee mugs and whatnot. Um, last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon patreon.com forward slash divas podcast five bucks a month you get access to video versions of our content patreon.com forward slash divas podcast we have a lot of cool shit on there exclusive content video versions of our show a great discord community we also do virtual events where you can hang out with steph and i it is true and that's it we've got a virtual event coming up 
Well, at the day that this pod, this episode comes out will be the day, the night we do the event. So I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. So if you're quickly. listening to this earlier in the day on Tuesday, October 11th, uh, and you want to hang out with us and watch a uh, watch me laugh at Chris for having to watch Howard the Duck uh, tonight, you totally can. Uh, just you know, join our Patreon. Yep, five bucks a month. Yeah, it'll be amazing. Okay, okay, and that's it. We're done. We're done. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Stephanie, hmm. fuck Mary Kill. Oh wow! Uh-huh. Uh huh. The original Avengers. All of them. All of them. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy or the Eternals. All of them. All of them. <sighs> There's pros and cons to each group. Yeah. Fuck. Why do you have to hit me with this right now when I'm in love with the Guardians? Most of them. <laughs> You're not in love with all of them right now? <laughs> uh, I guess we'll have to talk about that. Okay, so, 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 so. Um, I, god damn it. Okay, okay, I'm marrying the Eternals. Okay. Because Gilgamesh. Right. Uh, and I want to be best friends with like half of them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as long as Icarus has already done his fucking ridiculous flight into the sun because his name is a little too on the nose, then we're good. So I'm marrying, <laughs> I'm marrying the Eternals. I kind of still want to bane him one so. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't <laughs> care. He's just, he's just another generic white British boy to me. I'm sorry. I like those. I know you do. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. for you. All right. Uh, and so that means, uh, so I'm marrying them, so I need to... <laughs> Shit. I'm fucking the original Avengers, which means I'm killing the Guardians of the Galaxy. You did this. And we we picked the same ones for the same reasons. Oh, really? <laughs> we did. <laughs> Damn it. It's just, it comes down to numbers, man. Like, the original Avengers just have more, more people that I want to throw a hump on. Yeah. And the Guardians have have fucking Star-Lord and a baby twig and a raccoon who I adore but will not be fucking. And I'm definitely not marrying the Guardian, so that left them with only one category. Yeah. That's just how it is. That's that 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 was my logic there as well. You realize you just manipulated me into killing baby Groot? Yeah, I did. I hate you. Imagine how I felt when I had this conversation several nights ago and I was I was going through the realization that I'm killing Groot. i don't need to imagine it i'm feeling it right now i know right anyway yeah okay (laughs) i think i've learned something about myself (laughs) which is that i will marry an entire polycule of people because one of them makes pie (laughs) one of them is a fucking
a psychopath who mind controls entire villages for generations. I'm fine with it as long as Gilgamesh is still making pie. We stand Gilgamesh. So hard. So hard. So he's He was really the selling point on that one. Nobody in the original Avengers is going to bake me a pie. They'll I buy mean, me a pie. They'll buy you a pie. Yeah, Stark will buy you. They'll blackmail a baker into baking me pie for the rest of my right. life. They'll program a robot to make me pie, but it won't be the same. No, 